Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. I am Jamie Lambert. That is Steven Jensen. It is November 2nd and shout out as always to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. Jensen, how you doing on this Thursday? It's beautiful, I assume. I don't know if it's beautiful up in your parts, uh, but this Thursday morning. Seems pretty nice outside so far today. Nice and early here on Thursday. <laughs> Hope everybody who's here is having a good day joining us nice and early 8 30 a.m eastern the show will probably be moving to 8 30 um going forward pretty soon for everybody just so y'all know um who like to watch us live i know most of our viewership comes from like people watching afterwards especially since we're so early in the morning but we really appreciate the people who come here and are in the chat live um very much but um but yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to today dude got a long work day coming up after this working overtime so It'll be a long day for me, but I'm looking forward to talking about wrestling with you today. And we got some good stuff to talk about. Maggie's even here in the chat this morning, super early. Hey, Maggie. Maggie is the one who is awake. Bless her. Bless Maggie. Everyone watch Coexisting. Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern on FightfulOverbooked.com. Go over there. Go check out all the stuff we have going on. Over I like there. seeing I like seeing people in the chat <laughs> that are saying they're they're like uh, Jeff Valley Driver starts uh, starts work at 7 a.m. He said in the chat. So yeah, this is awesome. I'm, I'm glad that some of y'all are like up super early and like maybe you're working or you got time to kill or something. <clears throat> or uh, Maggie, in her case, it's 2.30 p.m. where she lives. So uh, so yeah, I hope y'all don't mind the uh, the time change too much. It, it's simply because of my my work schedule is going to change a little bit soon, um, which will make it a little easier for myself. And for Jeremy, when you pull the curtain back a little bit, it'll give us a little more time um, for like interviews that we record and stuff like that too. So um overall it'll be a good move um once this happens for a lot of reasons but um but yeah i just want to give you all a heads up about that because that'll probably happen sometime within like the next month we'll permanently switch to this time slot um <clears throat> excuse me but uh but yeah we had a we had a pretty good show today but maybe a little bit different of a show um because we we're, we're gonna talk some maybe some different topics that maybe we normally wouldn't talk here on the show um and uh yeah, I don't know, Jeremy. Where do you want to start? Or if you got anything you want to talk about beforehand? I went to I went to the Hawks game already. My brother's already been to two games. Like I'm I'm getting into the season here, so we got we got NF, NBA's back. <clears throat> Kirk Cousins is hurt. That's awful. Don't want to talk about that too much. But the Vikings are still in you know in the, in the mix for the playoffs potentially, depending on how Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs play. So yeah, how how you doing, man? I'm well. I'm tired. I've been on medication for the last week. So my sleep schedule's all messed up, and that's about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I can tell you—you you look tired, but I know, I know you got—you got a ton going on in your personal life and your work life here. So, um, I'm just happy that we're able to find an hour a week to be able to do our show here on Fightful. So I'm glad. I'm glad that we're here right now. I'm happy. I'm pretty awake for being a, thir a Thursday this. You are. Year. You are way more awake than I am. Way yeah. more awake than I am. Uh, yes, Maggie says everyone leave a like on the video, leave a thumbs up everybody and send us a bunch of super chat money i'm very bad at promoting that uh that's what joel pearl does on uh in the weeds he's he's good at doing the promotion i'm bad but leave a thumbs up on the video if you're watching live or on demand and uh if you're here live i don't know leave give, give us some money that we won't see but give us give us all the money please yeah we appreciate that well obviously we'll make sure to put your uh your question your statement all that stuff up on the screen and we'll read it out and we also have the Humper Chats, so I don't know if you're ever monitoring that during the show or not, but we always... I don't know if know. that thing exists anymore. <laughs> oh, really? I don't... I don't that, that's how up to date I am with everything. 
but we'll uh i think it does i just i don't check it very often because if we don't promote it very often i do need some nwa cocaine yeah i have my coffee on the show <laughs> yeah I, I have my coffee i do have my g fuel around here somewhere it's over back in the corner over there oh nice the did, 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 did Vinny send you some g fuel yeah then he got the they got the hook up with the g fuel I, so. I gotta hit him up for some g fuel i've been I've, I've known uh i've known about g fuel for a long time because like the uh the gamer space like they, they would always right. sponsor like like twitch streamers and youtubers and stuff like back when like most other people wouldn't really sponsor like those kind of content creators um yeah awesome for vinny shout out to vinny vinny pacifico uh out there killing it doing a great job promoting himself it's good stuff too actually i tried some on air yesterday i tried the i tried the pewdiepie one which is like black cherry that was mm. really good yeah okay so shout out, shout out PewDiePie as, as if he needs our shout out with over a hundred million uh, subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Can he shout us? Can he shout us out? Yeah. That'd right. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> let's get into uh, a shock said he had the watermelon. There you go. I saw, I think I have, uh, I think I have one of those. I don't know. I'll have to check. I got to got like the big, big variety pack. Is what so let's get into the, the WWE spotlight here. Justin. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. You know what story is going to finish on Saturday? Yeah. New undisputed WWE Universal Champion. With everybody saying, say it with me, Jensen. Come on. Come on, Jensen. L.A. Knight. Yeah. Whatever he does with his hand. I'm talking myself into an LA night victory. I'm really talking about this. Oh man. Oh man. So I watched um I want to make sure I got my timeline right here. So Smackdown? I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched SmackDown. Um this segment, I think. They did a contract signing, right? This yeah, past really Friday. Right. Yeah, I did watch that. So man, I wish I what I should have done. I really, I really blew it this week. What I should have done. I should have watched that segment and actually taken notes because while I was watching it, because I watched it on Friday, actually, I watched it live for whatever reason. I rarely ever watched SmackDown. <clears throat> for whatever reason, I did watch that segment live. Or maybe it was on like Twitter right afterwards or something, but I saw it on Friday night while people were still talking about it. And like, anyway, there was, there were certain things that he was doing and I was like, turning to my brother, I was like, yep, that's Steve Austin. Yep, that's The Rock. Yep, that's blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, he saw, I didn't realize how good he was at stomping mud holes in people. Like, did yeah. you see, like, he puts people in the corner. He literally does the stomp, 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 stomp. He's stomp got the Tim's the on, too. He's got the Tim's on. Right. And then I, and then, and then I, I turned to my brother because I didn't even realize that Alan was doing this. I turned, my, I turned to my brother and I said, he's, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to stop and he'll do one extra. And stop and do one extra. And he, he, lo and behold, turned around, like, walked to the <laughs> other corner, came back around, hit him with another one. I was like, okay, this is, but it's working. I can't sit here and like rip the guy every week when it's working. Like the fans love it. You're trying, reactions. To, you're trying to rip them every week. Well, I could. There are things I could definitely rip, but like it's stuff you've already heard me talk about enough times that like I don't think that. Look, just because the guy is like, here, here's a great, here's a, big sexy Kevin Nash. Okay. The man. I think we can all unanimously agree that Kevin Nash is cool. Okay. So Kevin Nash, if you want to listen to like somebody besides me saying the stuff that I'm saying, just listen to Kevin Nash. 
because he's like saying the same exact stuff I am. It makes me it makes me feel way less crazy when somebody who like has been successful in the wrestling business at a high level for a long time, like they're saying the same stuff I am. Like it doesn't mean a lot with me saying that. It just sounds like I'm a hater. For him, he's brought the same exact points I do, and I've heard other people saying the same stuff too. Um, not that Kevin Ash is like the be all end all of like wrestling knowledge or discussion or whatever, but it was good to hear him say now, granted, we do follow each other on Twitter and I have no idea if he's ever seen anything that I've said about LA Knight, but a lot of it happens after I say it. I'll just throw that out there too. A lot of the stuff that I'm saying is being said afterwards by Kevin Nash. Not that he's stealing it from me. I doubt he would. I highly doubt that's happening. But I'm just saying watching. Her. I'm just, I'm trying to put ourselves over here, Jeremy. I know. I know. Um, I, I know. I know he's not sitting around watching our show. My point, my, my point is though, like a lot of the time I'll say something on this show about LA Knight and the exact same thing will be said by Kevin Nash, like that next show. And my point is it's consistent. We're both, both saying the same stuff. Anyways, going into Crown Jewel, I think that LA Knight's going to get a massive pop from the crowd, but I think Roman Reigns also well, because like they're going to they love him there too, right? So like it's going to be interesting, I think, with your, with your reactions, because because them seeing Roman Reigns, or really anyone seeing Roman Reigns at this point, he's like such, such an attraction because he's like not there wrestling hardly at all anymore, but he's the champion for over, you know, a, a thousand one hundred days or whatever. It's almost twelve hundred days now. Yeah. So I mean, um, so it'll be a spectacle, and I think that the WWE has done a really good job. And this is where like people can rip me also for this, and it'd be fair. It'd be a fair, uh, it'd be fair for them to do because you can make this comparison about Cody in a lot of ways as well. I think the WWE has done a really good job of making the fan base really believe that LA Knight has a chance, whether whether or not they fully believe he's going to beat Roman Reigns or not. I think the WWE has done a really good job of like building some contenders for Roman. Like they did a great job with Sami Zayn. A lot of that was organic, but like they did a great job making the fans feel like, okay, this is the moment. This guy actually has a chance. This will be the guy to dethrone Roman. They did a really good job with Cody as well, getting people to feel that way. They did a pretty good job with Drew when they went to like, um, went to the UK and stuff like that. And, you know, so there, but once again, my point with all this is with LA Knight, they've done it as well. Where like, the fans are very behind LA Knight, and a lot of them feel like this is the moment. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna pull the trigger, why not do it now? It's Saudi Arabia. It's this humongous stadium show. They they Vincent Mann just said during the Fury and Ganu uh, fight, he was there live with Undertaker and he did some interviews and he said that you know, that's their new home over there. Like that's the, the home of the WWE as far as they're concerned now. So like, and Vince McMahon's he's saying. Whatever, <laughs> but I but 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 they're on the record saying that, like like Vince said, Vince like, is on the record about saying a lot of things well, that know, when but, you put a microphone in his face okay. and he's about eighty years old. I I in I I don't disagree with you about that. I'm just saying like that. I think is a lot of their mindset is like this is similar to I don't know the the name of the league, but I know like the like professional golf. Like, it isn't called the PGA, but they have like a new league over there in Saudi. Well, they, they they merge they merge with the PGA like they they're not separate leagues anymore. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably well. From what I heard, they were giving like golf, golfers like yeah. massive money, like veteran golfers, massive money to go over there. And the PGA like couldn't afford to let them not a part of the PGA anymore, so they probably had to figure something out to allow them to play in both. So, like anyway, once again, my point is, it isn't just the WWE over in Saudi Arabia making these kind of moves. We see the UFC, and obviously they're all in the same company now with uh, TKO. I know I'm rambling now, but really my, my overall point with all of this is there are a lot of things that point in the direction of, hey, maybe LA Knight could win this thing in Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. 
and the fans would absolutely love it. And it'd be a huge crowning uh, moment of their next champion in LA night. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Roman Reigns, if, if Roman Reigns is going to lose this title anytime soon, it won't happen until a WrestleMania. And I'm honestly not even completely convinced it'll happen to this WrestleMania still. So like, that's where I'm at with it. I don't, I don't, I personally think LA Knight has no chance of winning this, but I think that there are a lot of fans that do believe that LA Knight's got a shot. And I think that's where WWE's done a good job with this. And, and LA Knight, to his credit, has done a good job getting himself over and staying over this whole time. They've done a great job building up LA Knight. And like you said, like they did it with Drew. I didn't buy Drew as having a real shot until like the day of the show. And then especially like, when Drew's making his entrance and the crowd's going crazy and stuff, it's like, oh man, you kind of got to make this switch here. Like, I didn't think they were at the time, but I would understood if they did. Sammy, I honestly thought Sammy should have won. Like, I, I still kind of maintain that stance that Sammy should have won at Elimination Chamber. Cody, Cody should have won at WrestleMania. Um, Jay is he's even another one. They did a great job building yep. him up, I and then. Him. I understood why they didn't have him win, but I would have understood if he did win. And it's going to be the same thing with Illinois. They've done a great job building him up. He's probably not going to win. I, I look, I'm as much as I'm trying to push Jensen here, and as much as I would like to see LA Knight win because he has done a great job, uh, and they have done a great job with him building up. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think Roman loses until WrestleMania at the earliest, and then kind of what Jensen I don't even know if it's going to happen then like I really I don't know when this Roman Reigns run is going to end because it doesn't look like it's close to any bottom of the third maybe bottom maybe top of the fourth right now maybe top of the fourth but it doesn't look like it's close to ending anytime soon and I wouldn't be shocked if you know it does go past this Wrestlemania I do think this Wrestlemania should probably be the end point but I I don't know I don't know if they they th- they see it the same way or if Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns see it the same way. When it comes to LA Knight, I'd probably I'd have him win. Honestly, I would. Wait. Roman is Roman's not working Survivor Series. It doesn't look like he's not being advertised or anything. They haven't. If they have something for Roman at Survivor Series, they're gonna have to do it in like two weeks, three weeks, because the show's at the end of the month. And after LA Knight, there ain't no real challenger built for him. I don't know if Roman's gonna be working TV leading up to it. So he's going to come back. He's going to do something at the rumble. And then I, I assume you're going to run into Cody at, at WrestleMania. I don't know. I would, I would just make the switch. Go with LA Knight. You got to make somebody and <laughs> LA Knight is making somebody and you, you deliver a good moment for the fans. I don't think Saudi's the place to do it. I think that's the one drawback is I don't think Saudi's the place to do this big Roman Reigns loss. I think that looks that's kind of weak. Like I, it should probably be at a WrestleMania. If you with the way this rain has gone, it feels like WrestleMania is where you got to end it, not Saudi Arabia. But quit being cowards. Just put the belt on LA Knight. Yeah. No. No, I'm not not about that idea. Although once again, the crowd would absolutely go insane for it. Twitter would blow up, wrestling media and everything. I mean, it'd be it'd be like the biggest thing that happened in a really long time in wrestling. Um, now I've said this before on the show, but I don't know how long this would take. But honestly, if if Roman gets through this WrestleMania with the title, I would I'm not exaggerating. I'd have him beat Bruno's reign. I he's already he's already part time, and I would just have him hold that title 
past whatever. I, I know it's going to, it's still years out, but like at this point, like no one else in our lifetime going to have a run this long, probably with this title. And like, this is, I've, I've said it a thousand times, like WWE is in this mode right now of like rewriting history. And with like the merger and, and everything, like, I just feel like if, if they're going to have someone new in the record books as their new Bruno, as their new title reign champion, like it, it would be Roman Reigns, this guy that they've, for the last decade that they've tried to make this guy. And he finally is that guy, you know, it just took a long time for him to get there. But, um, <clears throat> but I, but here's the thing. Obviously, ultimately, I want Cody to win the title at WrestleMania 40. But if there's going to be something where, like, The Rock's coming in, and they're going to definitely do The Rock and Roman if it's available. There's no guarantee that Roman will work two-night WrestleMania, um, you know, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of what-ifs. And if Cody gets boxed out of that, and if – if I would I would imagine Roman would beat The Rock because it would be super counterproductive to have The Rock come in here and be the one to, to, to dethrone Roman after all this. As, although the story kind of calls for it for the for the bloodline, if like Thorak comes in and kind of saves the family, if that's the story. But once again, you don't need the title at all for that part of the story. Like the title would would really just convolute things. So like, but on, but once again, I my once again my my point with this is there's if he gets past Cody at this WrestleMania, how you might be looking it up right now. How how long would he have before he passes Roman? Me, me oh, sorry, Bruno. before Bruno. Um, Bruno held it for 2,800 days. 2,800. And Roman's yeah. at like 1,200. Yeah, it's, 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 uh... dude, it's doable though. With Roman, with Roman only working, like only wrestling like a handful of times a year, like they could, they could easily do that if Roman wanted to do that, wanted to keep resigning and stayed healthy enough to just work some matches. Basically, that's what Brock's schedule has been since he returned. He like barely, and they put the title on him for a long stretch of the time. Not like this, but like, you know what I mean? I'm just saying like, the, I feel like the options there and that, and I guarantee you that that idea has been floated with the, with the power that be of like, we're already this deep into this. It ain't doable. It ain't doable. May 3rd, doable? May 3rd, 2028. Ain't, ain't keeping the Five belt on until 2028. Uh, you're probably right. That, that that just but 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 honestly, if it was like three more years, I think it would be doable. I'm not even kidding because we're it's been anyway. The, the, the other side of this too is how do you keep this interesting? The bloodline story and all this can only go for so long before. But but once again, dude, they got all these family members. We're we're gonna talk about it a little bit later, but like there's more bloodline family available now to come into the WWE to like keep this story going if they wanted to. Um, maybe not for another five years. But hey, dude, their kids are gonna grow up, and then you'll have more more bloodline. I'm sure there's bloodline teenagers that'll be bloodline, bloodline young adults within that next five years that you Roman's can bring in. Got about six kids just by himself. So. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, once again, y'all know at this point, I sound like a broken record, but y'all know I want Cody to win the title at WrestleMania 40. I think he should have done it at WrestleMania 39. I think we should be in the middle of a Cody Rhodes title reign right now. I think everything Cody did since WrestleMania should have all just been with the title on the line. It would have made a lot more sense. Um, but well, Cody's hurt again. Cody's got a busted ankle now. He's got to overcome that ankle injury against he, Damian Priest. Yeah, and that's coming up at Crown Jewel. Um, so Cody should lose that match. Yeah, I disagree with that. But the thing is, like, I well, here's the thing. Depending on how you look at this, right? Like, 
I'm not a fan of the money in the bank briefcase holder just being like a loser over and over and over again to become the champion. Like I, I but that's how it's historically they've really presented that that whole uh scenario or whatever. Like even WrestleMania 31, when Seth Rollins won the title, everyone remembers he won, you know, made it a triple threat match, pin Roman, incredible WrestleMania moment. But and also an, an incredible WrestleMania moment, moment earlier in the night was him taking that that sweet RKO from Randy Orton. And he lost that match clean, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring. Later that night, he's the world champion. So, like, you know, now in that particular scenario, I think that was done as kind of like a red herring. Like, just you didn't think that Rollins was going to be coming uh, in cash. But, yeah, but, but they but he, they do they do uh, the money in the bank lose be, is a loser up until he cashes in every single time. You're right. You're right. So, um, so but I guess that's kind of my mindset is like. I, I would personally, I know if it was anyone but Cody, of course, but I mean, come on, let's go. But if, if really, if it was anyone else, I'd be like, Damien needs to get some W's here. Cause also part of this with Damien too, to me is I think his, his like crowning kind of achievement in the WWE is losing to bad bunny. The match was awesome. The moment was awesome. The entrance for bad bunny was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. The, that show we're not giving that show enough credit because we have such uh what do you call that? Uh when that's because the main event wasn't very good. Oh, because they weren't the main event, were they? Bad Bunny and Damien. Who was the main event that show? <laughs> Flat finish, no one really cared. I legit I legitimately don't remember who because wow. that was such a that was such a good that was such a good match between Bad Bunny and Damien. Then it was like Hold on, who did main event that show? I'm not going to tell you because it's funnier. Because I was it like Cody. What show is this? Hold on. Now, now I'm okay. <laughs> it was in. It was in. That that overall show was incredible. Like that. The mm-hmm. the the fans. Who the hell was the was it Cody versus Brock? Yeah, that's right. Because because but that was the rematch. Their their first right. Their first match was. No. Was that the first match? Was that the one yeah. where Cody pinned him with the with the Kimura? Yeah. That was the one that I talked about Aaron Mercer with. Yeah. I completely forgot. Completely. Why did that main event in that that should have that should have been Bad Bunny and in and Damian main event of that show? I don't know why that didn't main event that show. And I'm obviously a Cody guy. I completely forgot. Yeah. Main event was bad, flat finish. Everybody and that was the one where he was like hitting him with like the 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 cast over and over again yeah. right and that was yeah. legal for some reason yeah yeah that wasn't that wasn't good but um anyway by once again bringing that show up i remember damian priest losing to bad bunny even then like in bad bunny's not even a full-time wrestler granted bad bunny should have won that match i'm not discrediting that at all but it just i view damian priest as kind of just like a loser like pretty much every time i watch him on the show he's losing um but he looks great. I liked him as Punishment Mar- Martinez on the Indies. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think he's got a ton of talent. He's got a great look, and like he fits the WWE and what they wanted a superstar. I think great. And he and he opens up that uh, that Latino market even more with, with what they're doing over there. And so, I mean, so I think he's a great guy to to push and to go with. But I mean, do you think I mean, there's any chance he's, he's kind of like? I was gonna say, do you think he's gonna ever even like cash in successfully? Like, do you think I kind of think he might. I kind of think he might cash in on Saturday after Seth beats Drew. I was thinking that was possible as well. I think that's a good, that's because 
I don't know how much legitimacy there is to Rollins and needing time off for his back and stuff. But like, if there's real truth to that, like they're going to have to take the title off him sooner than later. Right. I mean, his back has been messed up since like for a while now. He just keeps wrestling because clearly it's not bad enough to where he needs to take full time off to stop wrestling. So, but I I just think they're going to at some point cash in with Damien. I think Saturday makes the most sense because he's probably going to lose to Cody. I think that matches on the pre-show, by the way. So tune in early, Steven Jensen, to watch Cody pre-show it up, curtain jerk it. Um, and then Damian Priest cashes in afterwards. I think it's uh I think it's possible. I mean yeah, what honestly, whatever they do with that with that Seth Rollins world title, unfortunately, just doesn't really mean much to me still like i think he's done okay with the belt i I love shinsuke nakamura so like i love that he's gotten like a feud for the title recently and stuff and i feel like they've really like turned the corner with him and his presentation as a heel and stuff um so there's not like it's not like it's been like a wasted you know thing but i whether it's mcintyre rollins or priest kind of the the kind of thing in the back of my mind in the back of probably a lot of fans minds is like well like Cody's not even challenging for this thing. Is it like, it's, it's weird when you have a guy like Cody Rhodes on your show, right. Who beats Brock Lesnar in this feud. And like, he, like he's clearly concerned with Roman in that championship. You know what I mean? So it just kind of, I just feel like they're just, they never needed this title that Rollins has to begin with. Um, so it's just kind of, I just, I honestly don't even care who's holding the title. If Cody wanted it to be cool, if he consolidated that and like had like a big unification thing with Roman with all the titles, I guess at some point that might be kind of cool, but even then you don't need four world titles, you know, all, you know, is Roman still carrying three or just the one now? I think Heyman carries two and Roman carries the one. So I lose track of how many titles Roman brings out. So anyway, he should just keep, he should just keep coming out with all of them. Just what beat Seth or Cody, whoever holds that belt and they come out and, uh, and carry that title as yeah. well. Just hold them all. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But I think, I think your, I think your prediction is like, what would you, what percentage would you think you'd put on that? Like what, what chance would you say you, you a would priest put cashing in and went, yeah, leaving as the champion. I think it's 50, 50. Cause I think, I think Priest comes out during the McIntyre and Rollins match regardless. I think Priest comes out and they do some type of dist- distraction thing. And then uh, McIntyre can... Because McIntyre... And I like the build to this match, by the way. I think Rollins and McIntyre have done a really good job building this match. McIntyre can, you know, once again claim he was screwed over. He was cost again. He lost out on his moment because Damian Priest came out. And so he lost. And then either priest cashes in after that or he doesn't. But so I think it's a, it's 50, 50 um, on, on priest cashing in. I would have McIntyre win, honestly. Like I I'm higher on McIntyre winning than I am priest like cashing in. I think McIntyre should win and you go from there, but I don't think it's super likely because he hasn't resigned yet. And I don't think they're going to, now that McIntyre is unprofessional, I just don't think they're going to play that game. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Although, like, it would be kind of cool, like, if McIntyre won, and then they have like an actual like feud and one-on-one match with Priest and McIntyre at some point. Both those guys like being big and can both really work. I think they can put put on some good matches. Um, yeah. Um, 
anything else standing out to you yeah. on this crown jewel card? Well, so but Priest is still one half of the tag champs with Balor, right? Yeah. And they're not defending the titles on this show because it looks like they're like teaming. Uh, they've teamed Sammy and Jay together again too. I don't know if they have like a tag match or anything coming up for this. No, or... not oh, because Sammy's Sammy. versus JD. That's right. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess as far as other things stand out on the show, um, I mean Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul. I think that'll actually be really good. Um, you think Logan Paul wins it? Yeah, I think he'll leave as the U.S. champion. Um, and you know. At this point, I think if anyone, I I think it's completely fair for people to dislike Logan Paul, the human being. I understand that, but like, I feel like you can't discredit what he's done in the ring and in like the WWE universe and stuff. I, I think he's very entertaining. He's a great heel, and he'd be really, really damn good in the ring for someone who doesn't do this like at all. And uh, I think him and him and Ray are gonna have a really, really damn good match. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then you know, like, I mean, John Cena versus Solo Sokoa. I'm kind of, I guess, I'm like, I'm interested to see how it goes. I know the whole story is John Cena hasn't won a match in forever, so you know maybe he gets one here, or maybe it's a big win for Solo. And um, I, I also want to just sh- shout out real quick, like I think that Io Sky versus Bianca Belair will be a really, really damn good match. They're, they're two of my favorites, um, and I'd like to see Io retain just because I, I think it's really cool she's getting a run with the title right now. But like, you can't go wrong with Bianca; she's so damn good that like she she's like in that league with me for me of like the like the Charlottes and and like. You know, Charlotte's Becky's like like that that level of like the highest level women in the world of wrestling. Um, Bianca's right there for me. She she might be the best overall woman wrestler in the world, honestly. Like, I mean, she's she's incredible. So like, um, it's a, it's a good card. I mean, and then also you have the other women's match with the uh, the five way for Rhea's title. So I mean, I think I think it'll be a good. I'll, I'll definitely be watching. It's in the middle of the day, which is great. I'll have I'll have this in the middle of the day, then I'll go to GCW that night in Atlanta. So I got a, a lot of a lot of wrestling this Saturday. It should be a good card. I think uh, Bianca is going to win the title because I think they're setting up Bianca Charlotte for Mania. Um, I wish EO. It's not that EO run, EO's run started at SummerSlam. doesn't feel like she's done a whole lot with the title. Now Bianca is just back, back in the picture. Bianca's run was growing a little stale for me by the time it got to SummerSlam. And... I was happy to kind of see her lose to try to do something else. But then what she ended up doing was just taking time off and getting right back in the title picture. So it's not like she it was almost a little bit Charlotte-ish of it's not like she just did a different feud. Instead, she just went away for a few months, came back and right back in the title picture. Um, I'd like to see Bianca not hold the belt for a while and see what they do with her. And maybe they don't know what to do with her because they don't know what to do with Charlotte when she's not in the title picture. She's just, she's either in the title picture or she's taking time off. And that's sort of where they're at with Charlotte right now is she's still pretty much in that mix. Uh, but Bianca's getting the title shot, but I think they're setting up Bianca Charlotte at WrestleMania. And so you got to get the title on one of them too, before you can do that. Uh, Kyrie's return is looming. Um, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. So, Maybe we get Kyrie back here. She joins Damage Control, or or maybe she com- just confronts EO after the match, and she's not part of Damage Control or anything. Uh, but I think Bianca probably wins that, and I think Rhea retains. I think they're just going to keep her strong until Mania when she finally faces Becky. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think all all that's probably right. Like I I do I definitely see Rhea retaining, and with Bianca, you you kind of mentioned her being kind of like a Charlotte type booking, where like. She just kind of like disappeared, came back right back in the mix. 
but that's kind of like, and, and I'm obviously fine with that because I don't really care about the storylines really outside of like some particular stories that they're running. Like mainly I just want to see some good matches when I tune in for like the PLEs. And I know Bianca, like I can count on her to do that. So like, um, I'm personally as a fan, I'm totally fine with people like her and Charlotte, like just always being in that mix. Cause when I tune in for the PLEs, it's like, okay, here's the Charlotte title match. Here's the Bianca title match. Like I know they're going to be banger matches. You know what I mean? So like, and, and I feel that same way about EO. She just hasn't been pushed like as heavily or as long on like the main roster as uh, someone like Charlotte or Bianca. But I think that uh, I've always loved EO. I, I think that she's super, super talented. Um, and I love her presentation and her entrance and everything. So, um, so yeah, this, this should, this should be a good show. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, it'll be, it'll be a spectacle over there in, uh, over there in Saudi Arabia. And then, yeah, I think Logan Paul beats Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got he's got to. I mean, I shouldn't say he's got to. I mean, obviously, I love Rey Mysterio. Don't get me wrong, but I, it's just an it's just a unique opportunity for the WWE, and it'd be different if I like, didn't have as many title belts. You know, I feel a little differently about it. But when you've got so many belts on the in, in multiple shows and stuff, and he's such a big celebrity, like just Prime alone is so successful and so massive. This him walking around promoting stuff with that U.S. title on his shoulder like in, in in with their the whole tko company now and endeavor and all that it just it just makes sense that you would have us like if bad bunny was more available he would he you know what i mean like he'd be super involved i feel like if he was like in the states consistently and they like i, I think they tried to put like the 24 7 title on him or something briefly yeah, that was like, there in the pandemic right right so, but like, you know what I mean? If he was like more consistently available, like Logan is to do this, I'm sure they would put like the US title or something on Bad Bunny. You know what I mean? If, if they had the chance to. So I, you know, then this also, I need to make it really clear that it, it, I, I would feel totally different about all of this if these guys like sucked in the ring and or like didn't have passion for this. People can say what they will about Logan Paul, but he's clearly putting in a lot of work to get good at this. He has a ring available same with boxing people have to give him credit like he's it, it, you can't just just jump into this and like you got to give him a lot of credit for the work ethic and so like i you know i i guess it's just one of the things like like he, like he clearly is 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 super dedicated to it bad bunny is super dedicated when he's available and even when he isn't dedicated to it he is a lifelong wrestling fan that guy is the real deal he does not have to be involved with this at all but he does it because he loves it like I've, I heard him on like some interview years back where they were talking to him about like his biggest shows and like his, the, the most fun he's ever had. And like the, the things he loves the most and all this stuff. And they kept talking to him about music and he kept like cutting the, the interviewer off and was like, this is a lot, a long time. I can't remember who he was talking to, but he kept saying stuff like, he's like, Oh no, no, no. Like WWE, like no WWE, like no, that's, that's what's the most fun. And like, he's kept talking about WWE, you know? And it's like, I, I got I got massive love for people who were like bigger than the wrestling business or like bigger than the WWE or have like these huge mainstream names and they want to spend their time helping the business. You know what I mean? And that's what I think those guys are doing. So Logan's gonna win. He's gonna show that belt off on impulsive and then he's gonna lose to LA Knight. Yeah. You know what? So I think that that's actually an incredible. Like that's exactly what should happen. Like to be completely it's honest, good consolation prize for LA Knight, right? Well, and it's also like it would keep LA Knight pushed, and it'd keep him in the mix, and it'd give him a title belt, and it'd keep him towards the upper card. 
and he'd have a big feud with LA Knight. He'd get a lot more mainstream attention because he would be on Impulsive and he would be shown in more YouTube videos and like internet discussion and all this kind of stuff. I think that actually is a win-win for everybody and they'd have a good match. Like him and Logan would actually have a good match. So like, I think oh, you're, no, I think, no, I don't no, know if you're me two seconds. <laughs> well, like, listen, I, outside of that last idea you just had, I think, I don't know if you were like trolling or not by saying that, but I think that, I think that LA Knight and, and, and Logan for the U S title was actually like a really smart idea. No, not really trolling. I, truly think that's a direction they can easily go and because you want to keep la night you want to keep the momentum going as best you can after he inevitably loses to roman on saturday and i think a, a feud with logan is a good way to kind of keep that going because logan logan's an easy guy to get heat against uh or i guess to get to get cheered against uh because logan gets easy heat and then you you can win and then you get the U.S. title and you go from there with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with what, you. What really should happen is is LA Knight beats Roman and then he beats Logan Paul and then he has both belts. Yeah, don't know. Yeah, about that. yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, James, yeah. right. Yeah, it's not, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. With everybody saying, "If you smell," and that's the bottom line. <laughs> Your WWE spotlight is uh, the Creed brothers, Brutus and Julius Creed, making their WWE Raw debut on Monday, uh, defeating Alpha Academy, Otis and uh, Chad Gable. And then they defeated uh, Umberto Creo and Angel Garza in a tables, ladders, and scares match on NXT. Uh, thoughts on their debut and hopefully full time call up because if you're going to beat the Alpha Academy, it seems like you should probably be there full time and not back in NXT. Yeah. So. I love the Creed brothers. I think that they're really talented. I I like that they're like they're kind of like a, like a throwback presentation of like the amateur wrestlers, but they can wrestle like a modern day style. They're out there doing like standing shooting stars and moonsaults and stuff. Um, I liked their run in NXT. I didn't get to see a ton of it, but I have seen a lot of Ivy Nile because I cover NXT Level Up, and she's done a lot of her matches on that show. So I was very happy to see all three of them on Raw. I've been saying on the weekender for a while now that I think Ivy Nile <clears throat> legitimately could be like a Charlotte or a, or a Bianca type level type superstar in the WWE system. I think she's got a great look. She's different and she's very believable. She has like kind of this MMA vibe to her in, in her in-ring style. And I love her standing dragon sleeper finisher and stuff. Like she, I think she has a shot. I'm trying to pull back the cursing on this show a little bit. We talked about that before, then we totally went back on it. Um, but uh, she has a ton, a ton, a ton of potential in that system. Um, and she showed a little bit of that by uh, German suplexing Tizawa on the outside of the, uh, outside of the ring uh, during the match. That got a pretty good pop. But the Creeds looked great out there, dude. Um, the one thing that I'll say is their finish, like that, that doomsday uh, cannonball thing that they do, is dangerous i don't know if i it looked awesome that they did it to, to otis having otis up on their shoulders like that but that cannonball i think it's brutus that does it off the top he landed right on julius like like yeah and that like that's like that's a if you landed on his head that would have been really scary um but if he landed like more on his chest i'd probably switch the finish there just so it's a bit safer it's a cool idea i give him i give him a ton of creativity points on it um looks very cool but um, 
but yeah, I'm actually really excited for them on Raw. I think that they should rise through the ranks pretty quickly if they're if they're getting a win over Alpha Academy that quick. And um, I don't think there's anything left for them to really do in NXT. Um, so I think with 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 the three of them, you're getting a great tag team. You're getting two potential single stars. Like I think that uh, Julius especially probably like could maybe break out as a singles guy at some point. And then um, and then Ivy Nile, you have a new a new woman in the mix. Um, who who uh, who can already go and is only going to keep getting better. So this is I think this was uh, this was good. I was actually like for somebody who doesn't get that excited over stuff going on in like WWE on a consistent basis. When I saw that they were on Raw, I went out of my way to tune into the show and, and check it out, and I I was really happy with what I saw. So uh, good for them. They're a good shot in the arm to the main roster tag team division, which has kind of been lacking for a little while now. Like it's been Judgment Day. And then Cody and Jay won the titles for like three weeks, uh, which was nice because especially after their, their press conference and everything, but the tag division hasn't quite hit on, on many levels because uh, they, you know, they split the Usos and then they end up splitting Sammy and Kevin. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply with the, this trade so they need more depth with the teams and they i think they probably need to get the belt off of judgment day sooner rather than later because they're kind of all doing single stuff as well i'd like to just i'd like to get the belt on more tag teams and you know obviously the creed brothers are a team that are a cohesive team not two singles guys just teaming together because that's what it that's what it's been for most of this year i mean sammy and kevin obviously a team but they've been just singles guys for so long. Cody and Jay were two singles guys thrown together. Judgment Day, two singles guys, uh, more or less. Again, they've been kind of teaming, but you recognize them more as singles guys. So I'd like to see uh, the tag team division get a little bit more care in WWE, and I think the Creed Brothers are a good, good start with that. Yeah, it was a great match that they had on, on Raw. Very good match that they had on NXT, Halloween Havoc as well. They got some good pieces in the tag division. I don't fully like that the tag teams can float because... Uh, they don't always do the best jobs utilizing that. Like the street profits are doing good work with Lashley, but what are they fighting for? Judgment day is not showing up on that show. Cause they're so concerned with everything going on, on, on raw. Like you can make that work. You just got to be consistent with it. And they're not always consistent with, um, with how often the tag team champions actually appear and how, and the storylines that they do. So, but I do like the Creed brothers and I do think they, on Raw is good. There's more time for that show, so they'll they'll they have the opportunity to have kind of longer matches and be more established on that show. Yeah, I agree. I, but yeah, real, it's, they're a real shot in the arm for like the the tag team division in general. But 
I, uh, I also, I'm with you, but it also just in general, it convolutes when you have so many titles and then some of them go back and forth, some of them don't and yeah, brand split, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I'm happy that the creeds are on, are, are on the main roster now and, and same for Ivy Nile. I think I really, I really think that they're, they're going to be a real, a real benefit to, to being on those shows. I, I do wonder what they're going to do with Ivy Nile. Like if she sticks and actually has uh, something to going on with the tag team division, you know, it's easy with Alpha Academy because they have the Maxine there as well, but they're both like baby faces teams, you know, they, they uh, embraced afterwards and everything. So I do wonder if they're actually going to like utilize Ivy as a women's competitor, or if she's just going to kind of be a background player, which I think would be a mistake because I'm, I'm with you that she has more than just, Hey, here's manager of the creeds in her. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. She, she can, she's also someone that that's the benefit. I say this often on the weekender, you know, there's a real benefit to watching NXT level up in my opinion for, you know, there it's not going to be for everyone. I get that. But if you go into that show with the right mindset of like, you're watching people learn, they're just out there. They're out there getting reps in front of real eyes, real fans. You know, they, you know, it's better than, talking people away like they used to and like FCW in a warehouse. You don't see them or hear from them for years and hope they eventually show up on our SmackDown. Like this is, you know, I got, I watched the progression of Ivy Nile go from somebody who was brand new to somebody who like kind of week after week and month after month now over a year or whatever she's at now in the company. She's, I've seen her getting a lot better right before my eyes. And there's a lot of these guys like Dante Chen and like, um, hard body hobby and like just these guys who like who came in with with no characters, no gimmicks, super generic, super green, and you just you watch them get better and you know and now hopefully they they get a shot on NXT, they get a shot on Raw or SmackDown, and I think Ivy Nile is like a real a real she's a great example of like the NXT level up system working, and um, I wanted to shout that out as well. You know I, I think NXT level up doesn't get really any love. I understand I understand most people don't care about it. I get it, but there is a benefit to that show. And I think it's an enjoyable show because it's an hour long. I watched it on Hulu. It's an hour long, but like half of it is just going to be like a, like a recap from like raw or SmackDown. You're watching maybe like a half hour of, of actual wrestling, but you're getting to learn about the future stars of the company. There's even like miles born, I think is going to be a really big star for the company one day. You know, there's like, there's certain people like no one's talking about, no, 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 he's in the company. A lot of these people, but if you watch level up, you might you might learn a, a little bit about these people and get to really watch their progression. So I want to give that show a little bit of credit for actually working for like the intended purpose of what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, if you if you watch that show, like you said, with the with the eyes of hey, these guys are just kind of learning. It's a developmental show. That's what it is. It's a developmental exactly. show, and they're getting kind of TV reps out there. And you know, I, I don't, I can't, I can't say I watch it weekly or anything like that. I check out matches when I'm, I'm told to kind of check out matches but i can imagine you know you kind of see the development of people that's their true developmental show not nxt nxt is their the third brand that they want to pretend it's a developmental anytime they lose to aw in the ratings right well and that's another thing i know we got to move on to other topics but like the original I, I used to say all the time the original black and gold nxt was a massive failure from that perspective from, from like the overall perspective, I think it was awesome. It was great getting, they basically made a super indie in, in the WWE with the NXT black and gold, which I, it was awesome. I credit that for a lot of my love of like staying as a wrestling fan during those days when I didn't like the WWE product. And, but 
you know, that, that era, I would consider a failure from a developmental standpoint, because what they were really doing was just hiring already over talent that could already work all over the world and just putting it together a super indie. We didn't really, I mean, like maybe like Baron Corbin, you can call like a success out of that. There might be a couple others that like weren't wrestlers before they got there in that system. But NXT Level Up is like doing what that was intended to do that entire time, I feel like. You're taking people, like, you see people literally on that show go from super generic, they don't even have finishing moves. Their finishing moves are like clotheslines or like a scoop slam or something like that. And eventually, like, they develop a finishing move, develop a little bit of a character, get little storylines with one another. And like, for someone who likes watching the development of wrestlers, especially because of all the indies I watch and kind of like the scouting I do in my own head with like the, the talent, like that's kind of what that is for me with the WWE system. So um, I think, once again, I think it deserves credit for like actually developing talent. Nowhere else are you going to find that much in-depth analysis on NXT level up. Never, nowhere else ever will you hear that. I mean, it's because <laughs> once again, I review it every weekend for the Fight for Slick Weekender podcast. I watch, I watch all those matches and give you a little, a little take on how I felt about the progression of these, these talents. So if you like, if you like that kind of talk, uh, subscribe to fightfulselect.com. I think you'd enjoy the weekender. There we go. All right. Let's move on to our AW spotlight. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. It was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. I got to change this bumper. They ain't had a million fans in a while now. That's, that's no knock. That's just facts. Everybody just where they're right. What? <laughs> I said, I love you, Tony. Uh, AW Dynamite ended last night with MJF getting pinned in an eight-man tag team match by Jay White. And then Jay White was going to hit him with the belt. Max Caster pushed MJF out of the way. Max Caster got hit with the belt. And then they all scissored and none of it mattered. What were your thoughts, Shinsu? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. Not my favorite episode of Dynamite last night. Um, for like a handful of reasons. Just A lot of it just didn't hit hit with me and i know you kind of felt the same way based on like our short yeah. discussion of like picking topics for today so um, here to to you know peel back the curtain as we do we we usually pick two topics on each of our little categories here and jensen picked this as his aw spotlight and i was like do you just want to pick another one because nothing would nothing really spoke to me and that's not to say like the entire show was bad or anything like that i like the tony storm stuff you know they're doing good work i actually like the progression that they had with sky blue and willow and julia hart i think there's different ways you can get there than what they did last night but i did like that you know there's some fine stuff on the show i like the john moxley promo that was fantastic i'm looking forward to john moxley orange cassidy at full gear but nothing's like, oh, this is great. I can't wait to really dive into this and talk about this. Yeah, I felt the same way. And then like the only other kind of big thing would be um, would be uh, Mogul Embassy. I always forget the name of like their their group now. Mogul Embassy, them like winning back the, the six-man trios, uh, ROH titles. Um, but that's technically Ring of Honor. And it was weird they even put the titles on the hung box yeah. to begin with. Um, so... Um, so anyway, as far as like our actual topic today, the MJF stuff, Jay White, I mean, the reason I chose it is just mainly because there wasn't a whole lot much else to talk about, to be completely honest, like we just mentioned. And obviously seeing MJF take that visual pin, that, that defeat from Jay, <clears throat> excuse me, heading, uh, heading into, uh, geez, now I'm getting full gear. Up. Full gear is crown jewels this Saturday. Full gear is 
next two weeks. No, two weeks. Two weeks on the. Is on the 18th. I'm looking at my calendar. Sorry. Yeah, the 18th. 18th. Yes. Okay. So, so in a couple of weeks, I'll have the actual one-on-one match. But we saw last night Jay White actually pin MJF after a um, after a switchblade. Was that switchblade? That's the name of his finisher, right? That's the name of his no, blade gimmick. runner. Blade runner. Blade Jeez, runner. I'm all off this morning, dude. <laughs> um, couldn't remember that Cody and uh, Brock made a in Saudi Arabia. Man, totally throwing me off. Um, but I'm going to be honest, like, <clears throat> I'm not really into like the whole MJF, well, he or won't they with, with, uh, daddy ass and the acclaimed and stuff. I just, I don't really care so much. I, I, I like that they're pulling back the curtain with the history between Max Caster and create a pro with MJF and all that stuff. We've known each other for a long time, but I just, I wasn't one of those people at the end of the show last night that was like popping for, you know, the big, the big scissoring at the end, you know, there, there's, there are certain things about MJF that like, I don't know. There are certain things about him as a baby face that I don't like. And this is one of them. I'll just put it that way. I'm going to get this super chat for Shy Town Spurs says you've been right to criticize this product recently. The ending reminded me of Drew singing with Fury. Here's the thing. I didn't mind the ending. I didn't, I didn't mind that they, they scissored. It's like ah cool fun moment i didn't think that was the place to do it after mjf takes this visual loss this is the first time he's got pinned on dynamite i believe he's been pinned before dax pinned him on collision he's lost like on you know the count losses to sean dean or the dq losses sean dean he's obviously lost before um right but i think on dynamite this is the first time he's like been pinned because I think all of his other losses in like tag team matches, the other person has gotten pinned. I could be wrong, but I think that like I'm pretty sure I'm 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 like ninety five percent sure I'm correct on this. I so mean, I, I can't remember. Like I I remember it feeling it look it looked strange to me seeing it happen last night because it was so rare. I didn't. I yeah. I think you're right. You're you you might be right. That might have been the first time you got pinned on dynamite ever in four years. That's wild. And um, so like. That should be a big deal. So the fact that they do basically two angles after that, uh, and then they just go into the scissoring, it's like, uh, like mm-hmm. it should have just been a bigger deal, I think. Like he should have gotten pinned. If you want to do this is just me spitballing here. I don't know if it's good or anything. Um, but MJF gets pinned, and if you want to do Jay White's about to hit him, but then Caster shoves him out of the way, and then Caster takes the bullet, and then MJF looks a little like distraught of like, oh, what kind of happened? Type of thing, close there. You go into Saturday, you do the 69 celebration, Max Caster. Max Caster's feeling a little bit down at this celebration. He's like, you know, I haven't heard from MJF since Wednesday. You know, I'm wondering where we stand kind of thing. Daddy S and, and Anthony Bowen's like, come on, 69, blah, 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 blah. And then finally MJF comes out. He like he thanks the acclaimed and Caster for, uh, you know, helping him in the match. He thanks Caster for you know taking that bullet for him with the title shot then you can do this big fired up mjf promo like you know i haven't talked to you because i've been dwelling on this loss jay white pinned me like i know i he still has my belt you know i'm i gotta get him back type of thing caster's like it's okay like it's gonna be okay we're all friends now then you do the big 69 scissor celebration on saturday and everybody has a great time on saturday i don't know like just let things breathe a little bit that's all i would have wanted i didn't the scissor celebration was, it was a great moment. Like it was fun, but sometimes you just got to let this stuff breathe. 
a little bit. I didn't yeah. hate it or anything. I just wish more uh, attention would have been put on Jay White getting pinned or, or Jay White pinning MJF. That should have been, that should have felt like a bigger deal. And by the end of it, everybody was just talking about scissor celebration. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with everything about that. And that's part of why I didn't love the, where I said like MJ, like babyface MJF, like this is something about MJF, uh, babyface run that isn't for me is a lot of because of what you just said exactly because the end of that show if mjf's gonna be a baby face right now which he clearly is at the moment that show should have ended with like a somber like the heels win right like i mean jay white just pinned mjf mjf should be feeling down and out like and it should affect his relationship with adam cole like you said because maybe miscommunication because of the loss and stuff um but instead it ended on a, ended on a high note and given the fans that they wanted it with the scissoring and all that stuff that all should have been waited until collision until they could wrap this stuff up. I come, I, I agree with that. Everything you just said, a hundred percent. That would have made a lot more sense because that was part of it too. And I think that the super chat that came through that you just, you just read um, from was it shy town Spurs that sent yeah. that, yeah. Um, but it, it is similar to the, the, the drew losing and then just turning around and seeing American pie, like no big deal. Um, I think that's a good, that's a really good comparison actually. So no, I'm, I'm with y'all on that. I, I didn't, I didn't like the presentation. Like the dude loses on dynamite. We'll just say for the first time ever gets pinned. He's a world champion. Someone else is holding his title belt hostage. His best friend isn't returning his calls or whatever and all this stuff. And well, he's on he FaceTime should, with it. With I'm on FaceTime. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I forgot Adam Cole was rocking like the beard. Yeah. Um, he's just growing that beard out. Oh. But um, but anyway, with all this stuff going on, my point really is with all this stuff going on with MJF, it, it really should have felt like he was down and out and he lost and like he needs to figure things out after last night. Instead, it was kind of like, damn, took the L. Uh, all right, well, let's get the let's get the fans home happy. You know, like that 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 just came off weird to me. If listen, there's some people that in the chat that seem to really like it, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's a lot of people that feel uh, like a why soluble. Where the, the balance feels off. That's probably the best way I could put it. The balance felt off with that. Just, I'm just asking for stuff to breathe a little bit. That's all. Like, yeah. You still totally get your fair. system on Saturday. What's wrong with having it on Saturday instead of last night? Like, you know, they're going to do whatever they're going to do on Saturday. Probably scissor again. I, I, I actually think they'll, somebody will come out, they'll challenge them for the titles, or whatever. Maybe it's the, the kingdom because. They're like, you took our spot uh, with MJF's partners. I don't know. Like, it just, I know stuff has never breathed on Dynamite. That's kind of been my problem is I want stuff to breathe a little bit on Dynamite. Like, especially at what point will we just accept it? I don't know. If you want to accept it, that's that's fine. Jeff Fellow Driver. I just think, you know, sometimes maybe you got to switch it up. Let it breathe. Breathe with the switchblade out there some moments are worth letting it breathe some stuff if you just want to action pack action pack action pack okay but like some stuff i just went the the women's stuff like you know i i, I think it was jeff fellow driver of like they're doing a non-title women's program with uh with uh sky blue willow and julie i, I like that i think there's a di- different direction you can go to get there yeah you know, I, I know jeff fellow driver watches um in the weeds I, we have a lot of regulars who watch in the weeds. So they probably heard my criticism of Willow and uh, Sheeta before the match. match was good. As you'd expect, they had a good match, but I didn't like that. Willow was basically getting a title shot after she lost her. She lost the TBS title match. And then she lost in that four way number one contenders match. And then it's like, Oh, well you're still getting a title shot here. Why couldn't you do Sheeta 
stick with me, guys. Stick with me, guys. Two women's matches. Two women's matches, everybody. Why couldn't you do Sheeta against someone? I don't I don't know who. Pick somebody. Pick someone who was not in that four-way match that lost. Here's here's the problem is most of the people they pick, they either have one win and then immediately lose the title match. So they're coming off a loss. Or that's basically it. Like most of the people that they have just get one, they win one and then they lose they lose the title match. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, now we just got people coming off of losses. So you pick somebody, you either do, you do it as a title eliminator match or you do an open challenge gimmick with, with Sheeta and she defends the title against someone. N- Nyla Rose. I know people are gonna be like, oh, Nyla Rose is, she's not on TV, blah, blah, blah. Like I get it. Make it a AW title eliminator match. Becky's defending the title against Indy Hartwell and Indy Hartwell didn't really win a ton of matches or anything it's fine i don't have an issue with that if it's just like a title eliminator even if it's an open challenge and nyla answers it and comes in there and the problem is they don't give anybody wins on the show and the people they do give wins to they immediately lose a title match like that's just kind of how the booking is anyway going back to my original point you do sheeta again let's say nyla rose you do sheeta nyla rose sheeta wins you do the big tony storm thing which is all about stealing the spotlight right like that that's the whole point. That's what you were getting to with the Sheeta Willow with the Sheeta Willow match. Sheeta wins, who who comes out? Tony Storm, she steals the spotlight, Sheeta runs her off and everything. Okay. Then you do a second women's match, everybody. I know that's that's a little crazy. That's a little it's a little odd. You do a second women's match of you do Willow and somebody, or you do Willow and Sky Blue against a, a team. And then Willow wins or Willow and Sky Blue wins. And then you do the Julia Hart angle after that. Because the whole point of Sheeta and Willow was what? The post-match stuff. The Sheeta winning, cool, awesome. She gets another title defense to make it seem like she's defending her title a bunch before I assume she loses to Tony Storm. And then Willow loses. Like, okay, she, she keeps losing. It didn't, at the end, really matter, the wins and losses, because all they wanted to do was get to Sheeta and Tony, Tony stealing the spotlight, Sheeta running her off, and then Willow, Julia, and Sky Blue with Sky spitting the miss. The post-match stuff was what mattered right. during this, not the actual Willow and Sheeta match. You can get there in different ways, everybody. You can get there in different ways. And some of the stuff they're doing isn't bad. I just wish they would take a different route. They go this, like kind of direct hey let's throw it all at you at one straight line motion type of thing it's like maybe just you know take a take a right turn and then go into a left turn and just take a more scenic route maybe i don't know yeah just- no that's actually I, I i really don't have much i can add to that like i think that that's all like i, I think that that's all really valid like criticism and also i think a lot of the aw fan base would totally agree with that it dude it, it's tough for me even like with all the wrestling i watch and like i i as much as I love wrestling and dude, I have a hard time keeping up with stuff in AEW. You know what I mean? Like that's coming from a hardcore wrestling fan. Um, and at the end of the day, I think you're right. When, when, if, if the, after the match stuff is going to be more important in these scenarios anyways, why are you, why are you having certain wrestlers taking losses that don't need to be taking losses? And why are so many people winning on shows? Like when you look at people who win loss records and whatnot, a lot of the time it's like, wait, so-and-so has won that many matches? And then you're like, oh, well, yeah, on Rampage, on, like, all these other shows, like, I don't watch. You know, like, I don't I, I don't see them winning. But, like, I guess, I guess they're winning not just technically on the show, but they're not winning on Dynamite, not winning on, on Collision. Um, 
So, uh, oh, and by the way, I wanted to bring this up real quick. So I did, just in case I, I told my buddy, I'd bring this up. My buddy, Michael Hughes, who always comes over for AEW. He, um, I, I think I told you the other week that his, his wife recently got into AEW. Um, and like, she's got like her like favorite wrestlers. Like she, she like, she loves FTR and stuff. Like she, like she got her like really into it. She loves them. She loves the matches. And she wanted me to, to, or he wanted, he wanted, well, he, I told him I'd bring this up because I thought it was so funny. She hates Ricky Starks. Hates Ricky Starks. I was and, only on Collision, so right. Well, she owns. She pretty much only. Well, she watches a little bit of Dynamite, but her show is Collision. She watches every Saturday night now because that that FTR versus Bullet Club Gold tag team match drew, drew her in, and she's watched ever since on Saturdays. And she's a she's a complete like noob wrestling fan. She doesn't know anything about anything. Never watched WWE. Nothing like this is it. And she just dove deep into just AEW over the last couple months. Um. And so she, it's been cool hearing her perspective on who she likes, who she doesn't like, you know, and stuff like that. And last night, my buddy was like, dude, she hates Ricky Starks. And, and I was like, dude, that's perfect. Cause that's, that's what he's going for. And it's so funny. And I was like, does she, does she know though, like in real life that like everyone universally calls him like one of the nicest, like most humble, like he's in real life. He's actually like the complete opposite. He's just really good at playing a dick. And, um, Obviously, she understands that, but it was just—I just thought it was so funny that that was the one person she wanted to make a point. She was like, like she like lo- she loves Eddie Kingston. Like she's got like some of her people that she loves, but the one person she makes sure to mention, she hates Ricky Stark. So Ricky, if you ever hear this or anyone ever realizes to Ricky, because I know there's a lot of mutuals amongst us in the in the wrestling space, you are doing your job, Ricky. You are getting casual wrestling fans to despise you based on your heel work. So congratulations, sir. Maybe Ricky and Big Bill will defend the titles against the Bucks. They're owed a title shot for people who don't remember uh, at full gear. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see if they remember that. Ricky remembers. He he brought that up on on Twitter. I don't know if anybody else remembers because they they certainly don't uh, they don't bring it up too much. You know, the Bucks are now worried about what's going on with Kenny. Kenny's worried about what's going on with Jericho. Poor Hangman. No one cares that his house got broken into. Right. No. Oh my gosh. Facts. Uh, anyway, MJF. Anything else to, to add to the that conversation? No, I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll talk more about it uh, around the time of the title match a full year. Yeah, uh, I'm sure everything will be fine. They'll they'll all 69 on Saturday. People will love it. It's good. It's there good you stuff. go. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. You know it's a you know it you know those straight straight yeah, line I lines of coke baby lines of coke the NWA pro wrestling is back NWA saw win <laughs> I don't know what else happened on this show but yeah. you know what did happen cocaine and Jack Daniels that's what happened on this show big big badass Billy Pumpkin he's bringing it back cocaine Jack Daniels PEDs hard hitting wrestling physical wrestling real stories letting moments breathe that's what i go to the nwa for that's why nwa it's the number one wrestling program in the lambert household there you go wow you're you're all you're back in man you went from not wanting to talk about this company to this is your this is the number one you can be cocaine i'm all in on any company with cocaine right now i'm gonna let our our young audience know here we're not uh endorsing the usage of any illegal substances uh by this having this discussion here on the show here on fightful.com but 
Yeah, that was hilarious. I actually, I, I purposely omitted this from talking about this on the weekender because I give the results for that, mainly just the matches so people know who won and lost matches, finishes and stuff like that. But I was like, dude, I I had a feeling we'd be talking about this today. So I, I did not talk about the, uh, the, so basically for people who don't know, but um, <laughs> during NWA Salwin, don't call it Sam Hain, um, there was, <laughs> they panned the, the camera over to Father James Mitchell uh, gags the gimp and Sal the pal, and these women are all around this Cleveland's table. finest. Yeah, <laughs> right. And they're and they're literally we're, we're not exaggerating. You can literally find clips of this. Yeah. Just like I think it was um, who was it on Twitter? It was like someone I was Orange Crush maybe on Orange Twitter. Crush, like yeah. yeah, they they put the they they tweeted the video of it. Um, so you can go check that out. I think I think he said he was like, oh, never mind. I knew it was actually cool. Um, but uh. But literally, it's what we, me and Jeremy are describing. They they pan the the camera over to them, and they're literally doing blow. Like they they got lines of coke and on the this table. This was this was no like ah, let's do kind of like is that is that that what they're doing? Is that what they're referencing? Nah, they hit you over the head with that shit. Yeah. Oh no, it was literally all over the table. You saw Father James Mitchell like like licking yeah. his fingers and stuff, and like they were passing around a bottle of Jack Daniels and taking swigs right out of the bottle. So uh. Yeah, I would say that that was probably the most memorable and entertaining thing that happened on on NWA Salwin. Um, there's really not much more to talk about for that show, honestly. Like you know, like big badass Billy Corgan, his promo against Matt Cardona that rule. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of him getting more involved on the show and stuff. <laughs> Me neither. Um, but if he's gonna cut promos like that, I want him every single. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they're building between like Camille and uh, Cardona. You know, EC3 retained the title over Latimer. There's, there's not. I mean, we're not here to re- review. If you want to review a, a recap of 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 NWA Salwin, check out the weekend. Or I did that this past Sunday over on FightfulSelect.com. But yes, thank you for uh for wanting to highlight the fact that we we're getting uh cocaine usage and alcohol consumption on the National Wrestling Alliance television shows now. So. I'm not sure why they thought that'd be a good idea. Um, because he got people like me talking about it. I, I There's that. There definitely is. Um, you can do a lot of things that'll get people talking. Um, I like this comment. Uh, I, <laughs> I do. I try to do a push a T ad lib, but you'd probably make fun of me for my whiteness. So I don't want to do it. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we can move on from that topic. I mean, that's that. If y'all want to check it out, the clip's available online. Like, just go you know, watch the. I mean, it, it is it is hilarious. It's exactly as we're describing. They're just on. They're they're snorting lines and in like licking up coke rules. off the table. Yeah. So absolutely rules. Uh, another other spotlight. We have three other spotlights today. Uh, another one is uh, everybody wants out of MLW. It seems. Uh, Lance Ananoe. Um, Juicy Fanoa and the big one is Alex Hammerstone all request a release. Lance and Juicy say they got theirs and then we haven't heard about Hammerstone. It seems like it's been denied so far, but yeah, three guys. Hammerstone, again, he's he just he's coming off that title run. He just lost it over the summer to uh, Alex Kane, but he was one of their top pushed guys for these past couple of years and he's like, yeah, kind of one out. You know, what do you make of this, Jensen? Yeah, so as far as like Lance Anawai and GC Finau, I think that uh like they those were two, the two people I was referencing at the top of the show how like they could extend the bloodline story if they wanted to bring those guys in. Like I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's the you know, but 
I think that uh, both of them are talented. Juicy especially has gotten like a lot better over the years. I remember seeing him like when he was really early on. I don't want to mention his opponent for one of these matches because he's he's since been canceled. But I, I, I watched him had a match with somebody years back where Juicy was like super green at the time. And you could tell his opponent got pissed off during the match and after the match because like he just didn't really, it wasn't clicking. And you could tell something was up. But since then, like the dude has gotten so much better. Um, for a big guy, he can move around a lot better than you would imagine just by like looking at him. Um, and I think Lance is underrated too. Is like just kind of two underrated members of that family. The the main the main kind of you know get would be um would be uh, Jacob Fatu, obviously. Yeah. If they could bring him in. Um, now as far as Hammerstone goes, you're right. I mean, if you go back just a handful of years, you had the long run of Jacob Fatu, which then w- led into the long run for the world title with uh, Alex Hammerstone. Um, even after that Hammerstone, you know, always involved. He, he was, he basically, he was the main priority of that show for the last, like, you know, two years or whatever it was when he was the champion. Um, but what, what, the way I understand it based on the Fightful Select report is, and I could be wrong. This is just me reading from outside looking in. It seems like Hammerstone wants out probably for a variety of reasons, but one of them is probably like, where do you go from here? Like you've been the champion this long, what's left to accomplish. And he's got this look that's very appealing to a company like WWE. Um, and he's got the charisma. He's got the in-ring skill, the, uh, the, um, the tenure and stuff to where like, he could be a big deal in another bigger company. Um, but he also did sign a contract till 2025 reportedly. And on MLW side, they're like, we don't want you to go. Cause we've invested all this, this into you. Um, and also they're apparently saying that his like, attitude or whatever you want to call it like his motivation has like dwindled a bit since learning he was going to lose the title to alice kane so i guess maybe even losing up leading up to losing the title they had seen some differences in uh in doing business with him maybe so and then hammerstone um came out and, and publicly said on x like he he quote tweeted sean and literally said like i'm i don't want to misquote him but he basically basically said hey i i, I this is true like i am i i love my time in mlw it's been a great run, but like I am trying to get out. Um, so in my personal opinion, you know, I see both sides of this. I would, in a perfect scenario, Hammerstone could just get out of his deal and just go work somewhere he wants to work. And MLW can move on and like just push. They got a great talent there that they could push. Um, but I also understand MLW's perspective of it's like, bro, like you, you signed a contract with us until 2025 and like, we can't, it, it wasn't in our deal that like you were going to be the champion this entire length of this contract. We got to, we got to build and push other people. And if you don't like that, we're going to go with Alex Kane and you don't want to do our shows. Like that's a problem, you know? So like, I, I see both sides of this. I, in most scenarios like this, I tended to, uh, to side with the talent over the company. Um, because I'm big on like the whole independent contractor idea and stuff. But at the same time, when you're signing contracts, you know, you're signing contracts. So it's, it's, it's a messy situation potentially. Um, I don't know where where what ultimately winds up happening, but I think that Hammerstone, if you were able to get free from MLW, and, and also MLW has had a history of this in the past with like other talents that have tried to get out and they held them to their contracts for like longer times and stuff like that. So, um, but if Hammerstone were able to get out, I think that he would be really successful, like in a in a bigger company. I think WWE would like me. That would be the one that really sticks out is like, if you were to get into that system, I think he'd be very successful there. So 
I think WWE would be would be great for Hammerstone. I I don't know. He'd probably he'd probably start in NXT. Um, I don't need AEW bringing in kind of more guys. Um, you know, he kind of teased the, the dynasty picture with uh, Richard Holiday, who's also a a uh, free agent, and then you know Hammerstone MJF MJF free agent or not a free agent, but signed to AEW reportedly a free agent at the end of the year you know we'll see how that plays out um yeah i think hammerstone would have a lot of success in wwe if that's where he ended up going i think impact right now with their tna rebrand yeah you know they could be bringing in a lot of guys and having some kind of changeover there and you know hammerstone would be a nice fit there as, as someone new someone fresh who can do different things and has a lot of potential new matchups there because Hammerstone's been in MLW. It seems like basically his entire career. I know he's done like independence and he's gone to Japan and things like that. But for the most part, national television wise, it's just been MLW work. So there's a lot of fresh stuff for Hammerstone to do. Um, you know, whether or not they let him out of his contract is going to be a different story. Well, they can literally show Vince the, and I, I get that Triple H is technically in charge and Nick Khan and this kind of stuff, but like Vince is still involved. But they could show vince literally highlights of hammerstone cosplaying hulk hogan on mlw and i feel like he'd be like wait a second like like i don't like i don't like i don't i don't know if they'd have him come in and like play hulk hogan like he was on mlw tv but i think they'd see that and be like okay like this is we could this could be a guy for us you know what i mean so um or they might get offended where they're like they're, they're ripping us off what's going on here um but yeah. Anyway, that's how I feel about it. I understand both sides, but you know, it's unfortunate that that like I think I think it'll probably wind up being a bit messy because I I don't I don't I don't expect MLW to just let him walk. Uh, but I understand why you would want to. You know. So. Uh, the other 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 spotlights. We had a big uh, boxing fight this past weekend. This is wrestling related because Tyson Fury was involved. Uh, Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou. Their big heavyweight showdown, the Battle of the Baddest, is what they called this. Also, wrestling ready because it's Saudi Arabia. That's where WWE will be this uh, this Saturday. Tyson Fury eked out a decision. Very competitive fight. Very very close fight. A lot of people thought that Ngannou won. Ngannou got the knockdown. No matter what, he will forever have that knockdown. Uh, who did you think won this fight, Jensen? Yeah, so I don't want to talk about this too long just because I want to make sure we get into our other indie spotlights real quick. But I do appreciate you bringing this up because I um I do think Francis Ngannou won that fight. Um, when mm-hmm. I when I watched it live, I scored it. I believe my scorecard was it was like ninety six ninety five or something like that. I'd have to. It was it was a one point difference. I actually scored it the same exact way as the judge who scored it for Ngannou because it was a split decision where one of the judges gave it to Ngannou, two gave it to Fury. I scored it the same exact way as the judge that gave it to Fury uh, to uh, to Ngannou. My 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 line of thinking was I thought it was legitimately even um, going into the fifth round. Or sorry, going into the, the the final round. I thought it was a uh, um, it was a sp- it was split, but. Oh, sorry. I thought it was split by the end of the fight. Like it was five rounds to five rounds, but because of the knockdown in the 10, eight round for, for the knockdown that Nganu got on fury that gave him the one point advantage. I, I think I don't, I don't want to sit here and say that Nganu got robbed because it is close. It is boxing. And I even said before the fight even started, I said, if this goes to a decision, it doesn't matter how good Nganu does, he's going to lose a decision. So 
that's pretty much what happened in my opinion. And I think Francis Ngannou shocked a lot of people. He shocked myself with how well he did. I didn't expect him to do that, to do, to look like that against, to look like that against uh, Tyson Fury. So, um, huge, huge, huge shout out to Ngannou. And also a huge shout out to people who bet on themselves. Like Dana White talked a lot of trash about Ngannou leaving and said he was, he, he didn't understand what his real value was. And he, he was, he was, playing it safe and not inducting John Jones and all this stuff. And it's like, no, dude, he went in, in my opinion, he went and he just, he just beat the best heavyweight boxer in the world outside of maybe you sick, you know, that, that argument can be made of course. And uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I, I am one of the people who thought Ngannou would, I wouldn't, I'm not just saying this cause I'm a, I'm an MMA fan. I'd be totally fine with admitting if I thought Fury won, I legitimately scored it um, for, for Ngannou by, by winning by one point. Okay. Um, I had Tyson Fury just, edging it out um i don't think it was a robbery i think robbery is a term too many people throw around when they just don't agree with the decision um you know but i don't think it was a robbery i thought look and got the he was the winner in the end even though he didn't win on the scorecards he got the yeah. knockdown he did way better than anybody thought he was gonna do i don't know if it was fury looking bad or if it was a really looking good i think it's a little bit of both but yeah. i am very interested i'm way more interested to watch uh francis Ngannou's next fight now i assume he's going to be back in a boxing ring uh, you do him and deontay one. wilder i think that would yeah. be money oh i'm i'm very interested in watching his next fight um like heavyweight boxing is is funny because obviously Ngannou's talented but a lot does come down to power like some of these guys just hit really hard and Ngannou's guy who hits really hard so i'm interested in his next fight fury's gonna face Usyk uh in december i assume that's still on um I know he took some damage in this fight, but I don't think it was a great, uh, great showing for Fury. I thought it was a really good showing for Nganu, and it was a fun. Outside of the hour-long wait to get to the damn fight, uh, it was a fun Saturday. It was terrible. <laughs> Having to watch these concerts and stuff, it's uh, it's, a, it's a mess. Yeah, right. yeah, that's a lot of boxing fights, but this one was something else with the weight and everything. Right, yeah, let's get to our our indie spotlight. I want to give a big mother. Fucking shout out. Indy Queen, Ronda Rousey, making the towns. She was at Lucha Bavoom, teaming with Marina Shafir against Ty Valkyrie and Brian Kendrick. She's going to be at Wrestling Revolver in a couple weeks, teaming with Marina Shafir. That's a show that's going to be for uh, charity as well. Sammy Callahan said after production gets paid, um, all the proceeds are going to go to charity. So Ronda Rousey doing, doing some independent work. What do you think of this show? I love it. I mean, and I saw that like WWE put her on the alumni page, like right when this stuff started getting announced, which is kind of petty. Not really petty. I, I get it. Like if she's going to work other places, but um, I, I, I listen, it's kind of surprising though, because I figured that Ronda might be like kind of disenchanted by the whole wrestling thing at this point. Like, I mean, she's already done everything there is to do and she did it in the WWE and I figured she just kind of right off into the sunset or maybe even returned to MMA now that, uh, now that uh, Amanda Nunez has retired, like maybe she'd try to slide in there and fight anyone that, you know that isn't her. Because I think I think Ronda might have a shot against maybe someone like Juliana Pena on a bad night or something. But yeah, anyway, I think she's been out the MMA game too long to do I, that. I'm 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 with you though. I I I'm with you there as well. But this kind of an idea in the back of my mind of like what would she do next? I really didn't think she'd go into the indie scene. Um, but I think it's cool. She's she's gonna give back to the wrestling business a lot with that. She's gonna draw a lot of attention. She might have some banger matches too, like maybe some stuff she wasn't able to do in the WWE. Maybe she's even better than what we realized. Um, but I think it's just cool. I think it's cool that she's such a fan that she wants to keep doing this when obviously she's made enough money to not have to do this anymore. 
Um, and it's cool that Revolver's bringing her in, Sammy Callahan, and the stuff he's doing with that company and the buzz that that company's creating. And that's badass that they're going to give so much of that money. They're, they're going to make sure that their staff gets paid and then that, that everything else is going to go, uh, you said, to charity, you said. So that's yeah. that's great. Um, that's a win for everybody, you know? And and I the, the main thing is I got to see Ronda Rousey at blood support. That's like, that's the that's what's got to happen now, right? So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good for Ronda. And, you know, maybe she'll wind up at AEW at some point or something. I don't know. But, uh, but hey, good for her. I've, I, Ronda's earned, in my opinion, she's earned the right to do whatever she wants to do. She, what, what people, what people don't, people don't understand what she meant to the world of MMA if you weren't a part of that at the time. Like, like they literally went from Dana White saying women will never fight in this company to we're all about this because of this one woman, like, you know, and like, there's other women who were involved as well that were important throughout the, along the way, like Cyborg and Gina Carano and some others in the UFC and stuff, but like and in, in elite XT strike force and whatnot. But my point is Wanda doesn't have to do this. I think it's pretty cool. She wants to stay involved. I'm, I'm with you that look, she clearly still likes pro wrestling. She, her last WWE run was what it was. She Wasn't did good. Look- now she looked disinterested. The company didn't seem very interested in booking her. Didn't seem like a big star play. anymore. Like she no, was. No, it, yeah. yeah, things had seemed faded. So I wasn't. I've never been a big Ronda Rousey fan. Anyway, I understand her importance, especially in the world of MMA and even in WWE during that first run. Like I got it, yeah. but I just wasn't a fan of her. And and her work during the first run was largely fine. Um, you know, even even good this last run again was what it was, but if she wants to go on the independent scene, have some fun with Marina and work different stuff, like good on her. I don't need to really see her in AEW or anything like that. Um, but the independent stuff, she clearly does have a passion still for, for various aspects of wrestling. And I think she'll probably be happier and certainly more free on the independent scene. Yeah. Blood sport seems like a, a no brainer, especially given her connection to uh, Josh Barnett and everything. Yeah. And PWG, like next PWG yeah. show, I expect her to be a part of. So, yeah um then the other indie spotlight you are going to gcw this weekend uh and you're i know you're looking forward to this uh, this is the match you want to highlight it los macisos against uh violence is forever for the gcw tag team titles yes i will be there live this saturday center stage atlanta georgia please if you see me there say what's up i love meeting other like wrestling fans and stuff at these shows um i believe our homie Cass cassie haynes will be there um so i'm looking forward to seeing him in person for the first time in a while um, Gizzy Mose, our buddy John Mosley over on commentary. I'm hoping he's on commentary for this match too. I would love, I would love for that to, to be the case. But yeah, I wanted to highlight real quick. Los Macisos is uh, defending the GCW tag team titles against Balances Forever. VIF is a team that I'm a very, very big fan of. Um, we've interviewed both Dominic Greeny and Kevin Koo here on this show. And um, Koo and Greeny are very important to Southern Underground Pro, which is a company that was really important to keeping me like tapped into the indies in nashville and uh kind of helped me out with like my podcasting early on kevin Q is one of the first indie wrestlers i ever interviewed years and years back and uh um i very much want to see them win the gcw tag team titles this is really the one set of like indie titles that they have not held that that really means something big they've, they've been champions really everywhere else they've been the, the, the face of like the iwtv whole universe for a long time and all those title belts with all those different companies they work for and um and, you know, DPW and everything they're doing, they're, they're, they're just, they're killing it everywhere. But the one place that, that's kind of alluded to them has been game changer wrestling. And now that they're more involved there, like they had a match with Macisos recently where they didn't, they didn't win the titles. And I was really bummed about it. This was just like, like a couple weeks ago. 
And I was really bummed about it. I was like, damn it. They should have went all the way with VIF. And then I realized they were booking the rematch for Atlanta. And I'm like, okay, if they were going to make the title change, Atlanta would be the place because they're really, they're synonymous with companies like action wrestling and stuff. There's going to be a lot of people that watch them in Georgia often in the Southeast often that'll be at that center stage show. So I think it's going to happen. That's my, that's my hope. I think my prediction, I, I, I have balances forever becoming the new GCW tag team champions this Saturday at center stage. I love those Macisos. They're probably the best tag team in GCW history, like on paper, like, uh, like uh, accomplishments wise. Um, and so VIF to beat them for the title is even more special. And if they win, you know, I don't know where I'll be seated in this building, but um, I think y'all will probably be hearing me or maybe seeing me like I'll, I will be cheering loudly for VIF if they win these titles. Um, so shout out to Dominic Green and Kevin Q. I'm pulling for y'all. Um, this has been a long time coming. They haven't done a whole lot in GCW yet. Like they've really, really only been like regulars in GCW for the last like handful of months. Um, but they've been pushed really well and they've made the GCW's made them a really big deal really quickly. And they've had this little mini feud with Macisos up at this point. The time is now. Brett Lauderdale, if you're hearing this, VIF for GCW Tag Team Champions this Saturday, center stage, Atlanta, Georgia. Gotta VIF finish the story. Yes. Do it. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try to remember where my sad comp t-shirt, which was the name of Valances Forever before they were known as Valances Forever. So I'm gonna go real old school with it and show show my loyalty and dedication to this team on Saturday. So there you go. All right, Jensen, I know you gotta run. Let everybody know where they can find you up. I do gotta go clock in for the shoot job. Already three minutes late. I'm sure my boss is gonna love that. Although I'm already working overtime for you. So if you see this, I'm already working an extra hour for you. Yeah, so call them out. I'm about to be there. I already worked an extra hour for you yesterday. I'm working two extra hours for you next week. And then I'm taking a bunch of time off. I'm going to go to the casino for my dad's birthday next week. Looking forward to that. Um, please make sure to follow me on Twitter or X at Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Use code Fight Talk and independentwrestling.tv. Um, you can uh, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Listen to the Weekender podcast over there. And um, please hit the thumbs up, the uh, the like button here on Fightful. Please subscribe, all that good stuff. And um, yeah, it's awesome with the graphics. And I, uh, I hope you enjoyed this interview with uh, me, Jeremy, and Andrew Zarian that you're about to hear. And uh, yeah, hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Great weekend. Skull Vikings, new quarterback swag going on this weekend. Still got a shot at the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I'm going to clock in for work. Good seeing you, Jeremy. Good seeing you in the chat. And uh, y'all have a good day. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck with the shoot job. Have fun this weekend at GCW. And uh, we'll be, uh, you'll see Jensen next week on the show. Yes. If you're at GCW in Atlanta, come say hi. I would love to meet y'all. Skull Vikings. There you go. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, our creator spotlight with the great Andrew Zarian. He's been in the chats. You've seen him in the chat. You've seen him on In the Weeds. He's there every week. He'll probably be there tomorrow, given his conspiracy theory on In the Weeds. Uh, you know him from Wrestling Observer, from Mattman on Twitter, dropping some scoops. Wherever you see Andrew Zarian, you, you know, you love Andrew Zarian. He was uh, gracious to, to join us this past week on Halloween. His Halloween costume was the gun show because uh, he had his cut off tank top and everything. Rocking the guns. We appreciate Andrew Zarian. He's a very fun interview. Get If you don't know Andrew Zarian, if you only know him from like the, the media scoops and things like that, you get to know more about his background and uh, how he got started in podcasting and his wrestling fandom. So again, if you only know Andrew Zarian from kind of his appearances on our shows, get to know more about Andrew Zarian with this interview here. I got to key it up. I did not key it up um, to start the show. So here we go. Creator Spotlight with Andrew Zarian. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Creator Spotlight. I'm still Jeremy Lambert. That's still Steven Jensen. And below us is a face, a name, a person you've seen on this channel plenty of times. He's been in the chat. He hacks the In the Weed stream every single week. You know him from Matt Men on Wrestling Observer. It's Andrew Zarian. Zarian, how you doing, pal? Dude, I'm in my, my 1996 X-Pac best right now. I was saying you got the guns. Me and Jensen are we're, we're yeah. very covered up here. It's cold in Ohio. I, I assume it's cold in New York, but it doesn't matter. Zarian's still still out there with the, I, the uh, cutoff uh, tank there. Well, I was Mario. Uh, we went out trick-or-treating. This is taking place on Halloween, right? So we went trick-or-treating. I took the kids. My wife was Luigi, and I had this underneath, so I just took the shirt off. And I was like, I kind of, you know, I'm digging this. I'm digging the one overall. Very retro. Very 90s, what, what we grew up with. But Guys, I'm thrilled to be here. It I know you appreciate it. I know it took a month to, to, to get this <laughs> settled really down. Well, you know, there, there was there was uh there was that, that Tuesday show that kind of ruined the first yeah. one and then every and then my whole life went into shambles after that. So I couldn't commit. But here we are. There was that, and then you pop up on In the Weeds, and Jens is like, sorry guys, had Zarian on In the Weeds to do an interview <laughs> with him. I'm like, Zarian just shows up on, on our show every single week. It's not an official interview with him. We don't have him on to talk about anything. He hacks the stream. He's got his own segment. I got my own segment show. now. Yeah, I got my own segment. I get in there. You know, I, I always did because I, I love I love Joel, okay? I absolutely love him. He's such a sweet the boy. He, uh, really good one. No, I'm, the, I'm the one. I know. I know. <laughs> And then now, like I, I, I don't go, I don't come out, come on for him anymore. I come on for you, and I think the same thing's oh. going to happen with Jensen. I'm just going to show up for him. I'm not even going to show up for you anymore. That's fair. That's, That's probably fair. exactly what's going to happen. Andrew, <laughs> actually, that, that that tends to happen quite a bit with these interviews. So, um, now I'm just playing. But we appreciate having you on. Like it, it, it has been like a month in the making. So, and it's, we always appreciate seeing you in the chat too. Like whenever you're in there, like talking during our live show, that you know. People, people are watching this, you know, we are recording, we pre-record these interviews, obviously, but we have the live, you know, hour and a half beforehand. So you may even see Andrew in here before this interview, potentially, if he's in the live chat. So uh, a regular uh, kind of part of our community here on the spotlight, which we really, really appreciate, man. So it's great to have you as a guest. So we, we wanted you on here for a while anyways, but then once we realized you were actually watching the show too, it was like, got to get you on, dude. Yeah, dude. I, listen, I, I when I started off doing this, right, the podcasting thing, I was really big into the community aspect. And you guys have such a huge community at Fightful. I mean, really, it's the best that I've seen, really, with the engagement and how everybody's kind of intertwined and everybody works together. And, you know, I'm part of a smaller operation. Mattman is just my team. And an Observer is a very, is a very different uh, type of demo, I would say. Not that it's bad. It's just a very different demo. So I love going into the Fightful chat and seeing everybody, you know, Kate's in there. You're in there. Everybody, everybody kind of supports everybody, which, which I absolutely love. And, you know, I jump in and I kind of participate in the fun too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I wanted to kind of start off there, you know, because obviously I know you, you've done stuff within the weeds. You're on there all the time and, you know, talking about other stuff, but we want to talk about you today here on the, in the interview and Mattman, like, how did that all get started? Like, how did it become what kind of what it became? Cause I actually, I, I I was in like y'all's like Facebook groups and stuff like you know checking the show out like years back and then it's kind of cool how like you know to see all the success the show's had you know in, in all the years since then and you know where you're at now and everything so how did that all get started and kind of when you linked up with like um you know uh you know figure four wrestling and all that stuff yeah I I never uh planned on having this bizarre wrestling career uh you know it's something I've I've always loved since I was a kid 
And my, my thing was, my background was in IT and technology. So when I started, I got laid off when the recession happened in 08. And I, I was doing IT work. And I had, I had sold my business. I, I, I was a serial business opener. And I had sold all my businesses. And I took, uh, I took the money. I put it aside. And I was working for a Japanese staple company as their IT guy. Okay, it's a very big company. Uh, and I, you know, I got laid off. It was a great gig. I got laid off. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I got a couple bucks in the bank. What do I really want to do? And my buddy was a stand-up comic. Uh, his name is Kunal Aurora. People, you know, he has a very successful podcast. And he was like, hey, why don't we do a podcast together? And we called the guys from Queens. And it was just, you know, two, you know, jerks from the neighborhood just talking about whatever, you know. And that kind of spun into something. Uh, there was a unique opportunity for me to stream live on Stickham, uh, which was my first, you know, I was making <laughs> I money on that site. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, that's how I started. And there was um, there was a show that was a technology based show that was leaving Stickham and they needed to replace it. So they asked me if I would do it and they gave me front page features and everything. And they were like, hey, can you do more shows? Because nobody was doing a radio level. You know, we were doing high def years ago. And I found that that was my niche, where if I make everything look good, it'll mask the fact that I'm terrible at what I was doing at that point. You know, just people tolerate looking at you a little bit more if, if it looks better. So we started doing that and we added like 15 shows. And then we would add more shows, remove more shows and see what, what would uh, happen. And when I... When I was talking to Rich, Rich wanted to do a comic book show for us, my co-host on Mat Men. And every time we would do the comic show, I wasn't hosting. It was him and his buddy. And I was just producing. We would just talk about wrestling for like 30 minutes before the show started. This is back in 2011. And like late 2011, we're like, hey, why don't we start a show? Why don't we talk about wrestling? And we started doing the wrestling show like January 2012, November 2011, something like that. And it was just to just talk wrestling. It was no like scoops or anything. We would watch the show and then talk about the show. And sometimes we would have a segment where we talked about like old stuff that we like. I don't know how or when it happened. I think around like 2016, it kind of the wheels started going a little bit. And, you know, the rest was just growth from there. That, that's awesome. So you I mean, obviously, you were a massive wrestling fan and to just like be striking up these conversations with other people about wrestling to even like i love meeting other wrestling fans like for that reason especially because you're like it's like unlocking like a like a code or something you're like oh okay i can i can immediately relate to this person i have something in common and we can talk by and then you start realizing like sometimes yeah. you come across someone you're like oh wow they're like really into it also they're talking about like this or that like they, they're they're like a real hardcore fan how, how how long had you watched wrestling like to even even up to that point and then, like, how cool was it for you to find someone else who, like, you could do this with? Um, I probably, uh, I mean, as my father was a big fan. My grandfather was a fan. My grandfather was a pro bodybuilder. And he would, you know, he, he would come to the States. He worked for the Kennedy administration. So he'd come to the States, and he would go to, like, you know, whatever was in Manhattan, a big gym. And he ran into Bruno, and he became friendly with Bruno. And that was like the thing for my dad, because my dad idolized Bruno and, and, you know, superstar Billy Graham. And, you know, that was the era that he, he watched wrestling. So my father embedded the wrestling to me. My grandfather embedded the facts, you know, like my yeah. grandfather was a bodybuilder. My dad was a bodybuilder. So it was kind of like in me a little bit, uh, but it was my childhood. You know, uh, I would say and I Rich always laughs about this. 
I was at the Garden SummerSlam 91. That Bret Hart match, I became a huge Bret Hart fan when him and Perfect had that unbelievable SummerSlam match. That was really the thing that like got me obsessed with wrestling. I mean, I liked Hogan, I liked Warrior, but it was probably SummerSlam 91 that just changed the whole trajectory of wrestling for me. I was going to ask favorite wrestlers growing up. Uh, I was hoping you were going to go somebody, you know, Hogan, Lex Luger, the body guys, but Bret body Hart, guy. not a body no, guy. I, I got, you know, it's funny. My wife, my wife, sometimes like she'll, will take a little edible and like <laughs> she'll, her like spidey senses go off and she wants to know more about wrestling. She's like, who was your favorite when you were like a kid? I was like, you know, obviously Hogan and warrior, like the big guys, you know, but like to me it was always Bret, like 93 on. It was like Bret Hart's the greatest wrestler ever. Um, and I think that's kind of why I like the style that I like, but it was, you know, it was the, it was the eighties and nineties. Like you, you, everything was big and bad and everybody was jacked up. Cartoons were jacked up. It was, you know, USA, USA, and you kind of <laughs> fall into that and you, you know, sometimes people lose it and, and then the attitude ever happened and it, you know, once again, it perked up everybody and everybody got back into it. I do. Do I even need to ask, uh, the Brett Sean question? Cause did you even Brett like or- Sean? I, yes, uh, I liked Sean. I didn't like Sean in the Rockers. I was a Marty Jannetty fan. I picked the wrong horse in that race. <laughs> I think Sean As I always do. Also was. I think As I always Sean do. talk about that. I think Sean Ross Sapp was a Jannetty guy. He yeah. was like a, like a proud Jannetty guy. <laughs> I, I, I was a huge Jannetty guy. Uh, and then when Sean turned on him, I kind of like liked that Sean was a bad guy. Like he was a jerk and I liked it. But there's a great story. I was watching... Uh, I, I talk about this all the time. I was watching Superstars and Shawn Michaels comes out and he's wearing the, you know, the glasses and everything. And my mom went and got those glasses. I kept asking her to buy those glasses. So she went and bought me John Lennon glasses. That's what she called it from Macy's. And she's having her friends over for like coffee on a Saturday morning. And I'm, I'm dancing on the couch and I'm screaming. I'm a sexy boy over and over again. She was very concerned with my behavior. I'm going to tell you. So I was a Shawn guy too, but really was Brett for like the longest. How did uh, Matt Men kind of get linked up with the the Observer stuff then? Uh, Brian and I got really friendly, out, like nothing with wrestling. All we would talk about was radio equipment because I had <laughs> I started a company called the International Association of Internet Broadcasters a little too early in the podcasting game. Uh, it just I didn't it wasn't it wasn't refined to the point that we are now. So like I said, I think I started talking to Brian like 2011. Uh, about microphones and technology, and I interviewed him. I had a spotlight. It was called the IIB Spotlight. Funny we're doing this now, right? Um, and we were just talking about just radio and how we got his, him started in, in broadcasting. Uh, and I was a huge IATA fan. I would listen to The Observer 99, 2000, 2001 on IATA, probably 2000, 2001 on IATA. And he was shocked that I knew what it was. And I used to record him on cassette. And we just, like, connected on that. And... I don't know how it happened. Um, he had me on one time, and uh, there was another network that was trying to get me to bring Matt Men over. So I just reached out to Brian. I'm like, hey, these guys are trying to get me to go over there, but I'd love to do it with you. And he's like, 100%. When do you want to start? And that was it. And then we did Matt Men for like a week, and he's like, hey, you want to do Sundays on The Observer? I'm like, hell yeah. You know, it's something I listened to when I was 16 years old, and, and now I'm hosting it on Sundays, which is – it tickles me. You know, it really – I'm very appreciative of this whole thing with wrestling. You know, I, I always wanted to do technology. That was my thing. My tech podcast was very successful, uh, probably more than anything I did in wrestling at the time. But 
I, you know, it wasn't something I was as passionate about and doing, you know, getting into wrestling and doing this has become just a bizarre aspect of my, of my bizarre life. Really. I find it very funny that you and Brian first started talking about like radio equipment and stuff, because for, I've been listening to kind of like the, the figure four dailies and, and that stuff for a very long time. And like, Brian is always very, I don't want to use the term anal, but oh, no, kind he of like, is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could say yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a psychopath he, with, with audio. So, so am yes, I. Yeah. He, he talks about it all the time. And I'm, you know, th this is when I was in like high school and everything. Cause he's been doing that show for a very long time. And like, he talked about, it's like, I don't care about, and I still, I'm the, I'm very much the, the same way. It's like, I don't care so much about the audio side of things. That's what, that's what Joel is here for, for me. Uh, Joel cares about that stuff. It's like, I just like doing the shows and everything. So it's very funny to me that like, that's how you guys linked up with that. And that you just started talking about that. Cause I know Brian takes that very seriously. And I've never had a conversation with Brian. This is just what I know based on the shows I've listened to over the years. So that's very funny that that's how you guys uh, really got started talking about things because I know he takes that very serious. Yeah. He was very impressed by my console that I have here. And I was using a, a, a I'm going to get geeky, a Neumann TLM 103, same, same mic as him. So we were just, we got really into that groove of talking about technology with, with radio and uh, broadcasting equipment. And it was just, that's all we spoke about. We never spoke about, wrestling ever like there was never one moment until i started working with them you know that's when we started talking wrestling same thing with stevie richards stevie and i did a tech podcast together and i his co-host and i are best best friends now because we we never i still to this day i never talk wrestling with stevie it is a rarity it's always computers or laptops or something like that um it just wrestling was always around me and I finally was like, hey, uh, let's do it. You know, let's do something with wrestling. Are you behind Stevie Richards' YouTube channel? Because him, Maven, and Fuego now have like the YouTube game on uh, lock. And it's dude, upsetting. he's killing it. Yeah, Stevie's yeah. killing it. I, I love it. You know, uh, you know, I'll use his shoot name, Michael. Uh, he, he really, he actually, for wrestling, he's one of the first people that smartened me up to things. You know, like just like little stuff here and there and i always appreciate it but he was always great to me and we you know we helped each other out with you know the podcasting stuff it's just interesting relationships you make with people what do you find the kind of biggest differences between doing matt men and doing wrestling observer live uh matt men is really inappropriate sometimes <laughs> uh we we really push the boundaries uh you know we it's i always look at it as it's two guys at a bar talking about wrestling and they're around their friends. That's how I see it. We're going we're gonna to have off-collar jokes. It's fine. It's what the tone is. If this is the show that we do, we're not, we're not you know, hurting anybody. We're not, you know, uh, going too beyond. But it's a fun show. It's a wacky morning show. That's how I see it. Uh, Observer Live is really straightforward. Uh, that's a very no-nonsense audience. They want to know my thoughts on wrestling. They want to know the news. They want to know the scoops. Um, so I, I really, I separate the two totally. I, I see it as two totally different types of presentations. Um, being so into technology, is there like any type of technology that you would want to see implemented more like into wrestling, whether it's like the production or like even into like podcasting or like live streaming that you like maybe think about often or think is maybe like underutilized or maybe something you might be seeing like might be maybe in the future that might be like cool like to like implement it into wrestling i i really want 
uh, WWE to run the Sphere in Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I drove presentation past that like a year ago. Yeah, like, that that's cool. It, it is stunning. It is a stunning, stunning building. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to get in there probably within the next couple months to see you maybe you two or something whatever they're doing. But I I want to see something different like that. Um, I, I I'd like to see wrestling shot a little bit different. Uh, rather than the traditional, you know, you got the hard shot and you got the you got you got the four cameras or three cameras, whatever you're doing. Um, I, you know, I think technology hasn't caught up. Wrestling hasn't caught up to technology or technology hasn't caught up to wrestling. Uh, you know, we're talking about streaming rights and things like that for uh, WWE. If they're going to be on Amazon or they're going to stream raw. I, it's not there yet, but I want to see more accessibility digitally rather than having to be locked down to a, you know, a provider. But they are doing some cool stuff. WWE's doing some really cool stuff with their graphics. They're they're really far ahead. AEW, um, I wish they did better lighting. I, I miss them lighting the crowd with the spotlights, like the purple lights and the blue lights that they were doing. Now it's more like a like an arena shot. Um, you know, I, I, I send production notes to some people in AEW. I don't hear back ever because they probably get annoyed with me. <laughs> so, you know, it's just little things like that. Nice. I like that. The drone shot that WWE did for Puerto Rico. Very like, cool. I, yeah. I would like to see that a little bit more. And that's something that they can clearly do. Um, I don't know if they're going to ever do something like that again. But something like that would be yeah. would be really fun if they would break that out a little bit more. They need more of the big Roman Reigns, big dog, uh, AR nonsense that they have going on as well. well. They, remember, they were trying to do a uh, an augmented reality thing with the headsets. And it was terrible. Yeah, you know, I think everybody yeah. at one point was fantasizing on how to how to monetize that augmented reality, that virtual reality thing where you put on a headset, you pay them, and you're front row at the show. Yeah, right. and it just it's failed. It doesn't. I think the problem is putting that thing on for four and a half hours, and <laughs> and your eyes kind of get one. You know, one's looking left, and the other one's looking down at by the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I think you're totally right about that. I, and I think also, like, this is going to, this is a rabbit hole we don't need to go down. But I think, like, like the augmented reality, there's so much they can do with that in wrestling. If they wanted to, like, do, like, hologram matches and stuff, like, you can put so much stuff together, like, the fans I think would want to see. Like, that you have, like, all these dream matches, like, in the video games, but you, but it would look like real matches. Like, there's just so much in the future. Dude, we're not getting a dream match. It. We're not getting a dream match. We're going to get, we're going to get Hogan and Andre over and over again. Yeah. That's all we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair. Another, another kind of this is kind of a random question. Now that I know that you're um so into bodybuilding, is there any um any bodybuilder that like you wish would have gotten into wrestling or become like a bigger wrestling star like from that world that you think like could have translated over? You know, for for Regno, for Rigno could have done it. Uh, you know, I think they wanted to do something with the when they did the uh, the World Bodybuilding Federation. I know that they were. Do you know the whole story with him where he was supposed to be like the main guy there? And yeah. they started doing steroid. They were he got afraid of the steroid testing, so he backed out. This is for like McMahon's, yeah, uh, McMahon's bodybuilding. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. So Ferrigno was supposed. I know, I know Lex Luger was supposed to be a part of that. Lex but... was supposed to be part of it. Yeah, Ferrigno was originally supposed to be part of it also, and he pulled out because he got freaked out that he may get popped for whatever, wow. and it would have ruined his career. Um, you know, Ferrigno was always one. Arnold was another one, dude. Like Arnold could have been that guy. Dude, I think if times were different, he would have been like if it was the times we have now, where celebrities like like Logan Paul and Bad Bunny and stuff like get involved as like to like the degree that they do nowadays as celebrities on the show. Because like 
Arnold loves wrestling. Like he or lo- loves wrestling, I should say. Like he's been a part of shows and stuff. Um, I always thought like someone like Kai Green would have been like really interesting to see in pro wrestling. Someone that's just massive, who's like an artist who does street performances and stuff. I think he would have translated really well. Uh, what is uh, Gary Stridham, right? Wasn't that Vince's guy? Gary Stridham. Wow. Look at the striations. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, yeah, that's great. I, you guys have lost me on the bodybuilding talk. All right. You, I'm, I'm out of my, my element. I, I don't know a ton about it, but I've seen some pretty good documentaries on some of these guys. They're a lot of these guys are, they're really fascinating. Like, Pump and iron. My father, what my father would, uh, my father was a big time bodybuilder. I mean, he, my father's my size, but at, at his peak, he was probably like 225. Like cut, like crazy, crazy jacked. And we would watch Pump and Iron all the time. And he had Arnold's books. He would, he had such a dedicated diet for all the, I mean, he's, he's 70 years old, but he's, he's like still jacked for like a 70 year old, but you know, he's like, he's shrinking. He's becoming an old man. Uh, but to me, it was such a big part of it, you know, like Frank Zane and, and how ridiculous he was for his size. He was five foot nine. He was a uh, huge, uh, Franco Colombo. He was five foot five. And this guy was Arnold's best friend, totally jacked up. You know, different era, different time. Like these guys were 1970s, 1980s. I I got out of the bodybuilding stuff when everybody started looking like like a jacked up cow. You know, sure. The the steroids yeah. got way. The anabolics got too out of control. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's unfortunate because a lot of those guys like health problems later on and stuff. Which you yeah. know, you know, it is it is what it is. The the price, I guess, a lot of those guys pay to look like that for a little while. But it, it, some of those guys, I mean, just they. Anyway, that's a whole other rabbit hole. That it's 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 fascinating that a human being can get as large as those people get. Like it doesn't even seem real. It's wild. It's wild. Um, and I understand that Vince, like that was always Vince's thing. Like if he could get that, that was like the dream was to get a whole roster of those. Um, but then there's a lot of problems that come along with that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, Gary, what's what's your next question? I was gonna say, do you send production notes to the Impact people because Joel is always uh, railing against Impact? <laughs> no, I generally do WWE and AEW. I don't. I don't ever hear back from them though. Hey, I'm excited because Impact's supposed to be up in their production, pretty big. It sounds like so. We'll see. See what that all looks like. TNA. 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 Any, any, We're going any, back. And what were your thoughts on the return of TNA? Um, you know, I think we we were talking about it on the show on on in the weeds. I, I think it's great. You know, I, enough nostal- enough time has passed that the WCW stink is off of it at this point. I always felt that that was the big problem with it. I mean, obviously, listen, bad booking, bad decision making, sure. But the time, 2002, was not a great time for, you know, uh, impactful, lack of a better term, uh, creative, you know. So I, I think a lot of that has changed. The, people now remember the good of Impact and TNA. You know, a lot of the bad is not really uh, highlighted. You know, when you think of, when I think of TNA, I'm thinking about AJ Styles, Chris Daniels. Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, uh, that tremendous run he had there. You know, that 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 later impact stuff, I don't really think about it as much anymore because I think enough time has passed where you don't think about the bad, you think about the positive. Same thing with WCW. When people talk about WCW now, they talk about 96, 97, 98. Right. You know, because that's what you want to watch. That's what you watch on repeat. You don't watch the old stuff on repeat. You You watch the good stuff. So... I think enough time has gone where people have reconditioned their mind as to what imp- the brand means. So I think it's a positive, you know, and, and who was it? Um, who did the interview? They said, like, we go wherever we go. People are chanting TNA. So might as well. Oh, Scott, the more, right? The more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense. If people are chanting something, why wouldn't you change your name to that? 
I mean, a lot of us have accidentally been calling it TNA like on and off this entire time. I anyway, never stopped. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. My, my biggest thing was always, I hated that it's impact wrestling impact is also the TV show. So I get very confused. So I like it's TNA wrestling impact. I much, yeah. much prefer much. You know what it's that. almost like, dude, you know, when like your mom's like, what are you watching? WWE? What are you watching? WWF? <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's right. what it is. Like they yes. just named the show WWF. Yeah, yes. It, it, always confusing when I have to write it. So I'm very happy for this change. I'm going to throw it and tie it to your, your shirt now uh, in Monday Night Wars. Did you have a favorite NWO member? Oh, it has to be X-Pac, right? Has to be, has to it be doesn't X-Pac. have to be X-Pac. No, no, no. I'm not it dressing. could be. Uh, my favorite <laughs> NWO member? I, I, dude, Hogan was great. That he ridiculous, was. that ridiculous human being, <laughs> heel Hogan is even more ridiculous than the than the yellow banana that he was. Uh, it's it's, I I thought it was so cool. Like I remember doing the channel flipping nineteen ninety six. Like Razor Ramon is on, and he's he's dressed up like he's a normal person and not you know, a Cuban drug dealer. <laughs> it's unbelievable, you know. Uh, how much how much of Hogan being cool was Voodoo Child though? Uh, I never saw him as cool. Later on, like now I see him as cool mm. because it's so ridiculous. He's doing this thing. Uh, the, the, the best Hogan not uncool moment is when he looks at the camera and he goes, Goldberg, I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> and then he just walks off. You know, nothing was cool. Nothing he did was cool. But Voodoo Child added so much to it. Oh, that's still, I, I was listening to Nash's podcast. And when he's talking about like, you hear cult of personality, you think CM Punk, you hear Voodoo Child, like you hear yeah. Hogan, like there's a car commercial that plays Voodoo Child. And I'm always like, where's, where's Hulk? Are we watching? Do you do, you do uh, the new, 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 new world order in your head? Every time you hear <laughs> sometimes it? Oh, that song is ruined because of that. Yeah. It, it Well, look, man, Voodoo Child's still, still an all time, an all time great song. Not, you, you know, take it away from wrestling. It's just, it's just an all time great song. Slaps. It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. Yeah, now I'm thinking about WCW. Those were great times. I love WCW. One of my favorite uh, Hogan moments was actually him losing to Lex Luger on Nitro when he lost the title and like was like 97 on Nitro. Yeah, and that crowd yeah. reacted in such an insane oh, way. That was so great. I still remember watching that. I was in, my, in elementary school at the time. That was awesome. Who are some of your favorite? Like, I don't know if you like to show bias or not like currently, but like who are some of your, like, your favorite wrestlers like right now that you're seeing? Uh, Danielson. Uh he's probably my favorite style uh kenny you know if we're talking AEW, andrade i love um i'm I'm a huge danhausen fan Mm -hmm. Uh, i like the macabre so i actually i'm a danhausen figure there uh wwe wise i mean there's so many on that side seth is doing fantastic stuff uh la knight is doing fantastic stuff roman is probably gonna go down the next 20 years as probably the greatest wrestler they've ever had uh there's so much good talent out there and everybody's so different now you know you're not just the guy in your underwear going out there having a five-minute match and then leaving you know there's so much more character development which i absolutely love it's it's such a huge part of it now where you develop the character you develop what you're going to do uh your whole look it's it's not as simple as it used to be yeah, now you, I'm sorry, Jeremy, just one second. I see you opening your mouth there. You, you strangely omitted um, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes from your list. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, Cody's great. No. Cody's great. Cody's great. Nothing no. against Cody. No, I think no, he's great. No, no, I, no I, 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 my, my next question do you, what do you think the, if you had to call it right now, what's the WrestleMania 40 main event and who walks out of that thing with the 
like with the main championship, the, the undisputed I, championship. I want to say Rock uh, Roman. That should be the main event. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. But yeah. why are you laughing, Jeremy? Is there, Jensen is there... Jensen's the I, biggest I, Cody fan. Are you? Is, oh, yeah. I thought, you know, my kids yeah. met Cody and they my my kids have become such Cody fans. Uh, we did the VIP meet and greet for them at the garden and they had no idea. And all of a sudden Cody comes in like and he's like, hey, guys, what's going on? And they they died. My son tells everybody I met Cody. I met Cody. Nobody believes him. He has to show a picture for like at a family event. Uh, to- what a pro. Like great. It's rare. Those guys are really rare in any business, in, in basketball, in any sport. You know, like he is so committed to the crowd, to the audience, to the fans, which really goes a long way. I, I want to see him win the title. Of course, we want every everybody wants to see him do that. You know, it's Dusty's unwritten, unfinished story. They've told it a thousand times. He cries every week on TV. I want to stop crying. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm with you. See, that's, and that's why I asked you the question is because that's kind of going to be the big thing between now and WrestleMania is like, is The Rock going to be involved? And if he is, of course, he's going to get the match with Roman. You've got to do that if it's available for so many reasons. But as a Cody fan, I'm sitting here after last year. I'm like, okay, it's okay. I got one more year and he's going to, it's going to, just one more year. I got to get through and he's going to win it. And now it's like, well, maybe not if all this other stuff's going to happen. So, and then LA Knight, I mean, I, I get the guy's very, very popular right now. What would you say percentage wise would you give his chance of winning the championship? Zero. Okay. Zero. I like that answer. Yeah. I like that Listen, answer. I, I love him. I, I got to tell you, I, I like the Eli Drake character. I like that there's a touch of The Rock and there's a touch of Steve Austin. You know, it, 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 I, when I see him on TV, it, it, it I connect to it because it's I'm so familiar with those characters, right? Sure. When I when I was at the garden in December, no, was it December? It was March. I forgot what it was. March. That crowd erupted for him. And it was all like eight-year-old to teenage boys. They went nuts. Oh, he was supposed to have the match with the fiend with, with Bray. And remember, mm-hmm. Bray wasn't there for that. Um and the crowd just erupted for him. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That's the first time I heard that. Then I went to SmackDown at the Garden in July. And it was bigger than ever. So there's something there organically without him even being presented on TV. It's happening. Uh, do you put a world title on him? I don't know. Do you put a title on him? Yeah, I definitely think a U.S. title. Him and Logan Paul could have a great U.S. title match. And he gets that title and he could become a long-term U.S. champion. You know, and that that's his... That's his mark on that title. Are you excited for the LA Knight Logan Paul? Is that acceptable, Jensen? That yeah, acceptable? I'd be fine. I'm, I'm totally okay. good with that. I, I actually love that. Are you not an LA Knight fan? <laughs> no. Um, no. Oh. What is, listen, listen. I'm not. It isn't that I. Um, I, I don't dislike him, like the human being behind LA Knight. I, I'm a bit confused by the popularity, but part of it is because I've watched him for so long as well, yeah. like through like Impact and NWA and everything, and it's like after 20 years, this is this over now. Like it's been doing this this entire time. Um, but I, I do, I do give him a ton of credit though, for like, you can't knock somebody for getting the reactions he's getting right now. Like, yeah. and I, and I don't knock the WWE for going with that. Like I, I totally understand. And it's great for WWE to have more people at the top. They need that. It can't just be Roman, you know, like you got, you got to have more people up there. So I, I get it, but I like your predictions for, for Crown Jewel. So. I have a question for you, Zarian, because yes. you were, I don't I'm know. I'm an open I, book. 
I don't I don't know if I want to call you a scoopster. Do you do you take offense to that no, term? No, no, I am a little bit of a scoopster. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I but I have you, I don't know if there's like tiers or, or whatever, but you know, like there's there's Dave, Sean, and yeah. kind of Mike Johnson are very much yeah. they know everything about everything. They're also very not so much Mike, but but Sean and Dave certainly very online. You know a lot about a lot, and you're online, but you're not always engaging with yeah. a lot of this stuff. You're very smart in that in that sense. Like what just propels you to stay away from a lot of this nonsense and a lot of this discourse? Because, you know, the, the big thing is now you know, the collision ratings came out today. Oh, what it's was like, it? I didn't even see it today. I, I didn't see it either. I legitimately mm-hmm. don't. I think it was under 500,000. And of course, wow. everybody's like, oh, they gave away Omega and MJF and it's under 500,000. Like this is the big like discourse thing. Okay. Why, why do you just have the smartness to just stay out of all of this as someone who break, like breaks news and knows again, is really, I don't want to use the term in the weeds, but is, is inside with a lot of this stuff. Um, so with the scoops, I'll say I, I sit on a ton. Uh, I don't generally my, my, I I think it's pretty public, right? I, I talk to a lot of talent, but I don't necessarily, go based on the talent's information for anything. I don't have that deep relationship that Sean does. Sean has a deep relationship with a lot of talent. This is what they do. They're journalists and the best at what they're doing. Mike Johnson too. You know, I would put those three are probably, you know, Wade Keller too. He breaks some stories Uh, too. I'm not knocking anybody. If I'm omitting somebody, I don't, I'm one of the people, I don't knock anybody that does this. I, I don't make a living with wrestling, so I have no, uh, no, no fight in me for this. Like I don't have no reason to engage with the negativity. I just have a real busy, real busy, real job. Now this is not for me. It's a real job because I don't I don't monetize this as I should. But I just, I have no time to argue with anybody. Like. What are we arguing over? It's for like the TV show. It's it's make believe. Uh, I know people into it. Oh, I'm really passionate, but I'm passionate to the positives, not the negatives. I have a negative around me, my real life, my real job that I have to deal with. I do this for therapy. I do this because it's exciting for me. I enjoy doing it. Um, I don't. I don't. I have rules that I've set. I won't ruin somebody's career. I don't talk about health. I don't talk about uh, tragedy. Uh, you know, Bray Wyatt comes to mind. You know, uh, not not my. This isn't for me to do. Uh, if you cover professional wrestling as your career, and it's a very difficult thing to do to even go near this conversation, and you have to because it's your job, and your job is sometimes difficult. It's not my job, and I don't want it to be difficult. Um, you know, I. I, I I decide what I'm going to talk about. If it's going to hurt anybody, like, you know, Tony has a Tony has a contract coming up, right? WWE has a contract coming up. I hear a lot of the chatter about this. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But I'm not, I don't, it's not my job to go and report the bad. I want to report positivity. I want to report something that I want to engage with. If it's a negative thing, I don't want to engage with it. I got burned a couple times. I got to tell you. Uh, and that was enough of a lesson early on for me. To not do it. Uh, I got burnt by some criticism about Tony that I that I thought I did a good job with reporting it, that I was I was being clear that this wasn't my opinion. 
but people are idiots on the internet and they like to put your voice because you're reporting it. So you're automatically the villain here because you're always going to be the bad guy. Either you like something or you don't. Uh, so I, I learned from them. I also have zero interest in engaging in an argument with anybody on the internet. It, it, it means it is the worst thing to do. It's toxic. You fall down a vortex, then you end up responding to everybody. Uh, I got I got the negativity. People uh, message me like, how come you're reporting this, but you don't report this side? And my answer is because I didn't feel like reporting the other thing. Because I don't report. That's not my job. Uh, yeah. I'm sitting on something pretty interesting right now that I'm not going to talk about. I'll tell oh, you that. DM See, and I do that, scoop. and that upsets people. And that upsets people. <laughs> DM that upsets me the a scoop lot of people. So I can pre write the story, Zarian. Just send all this stuff to me. Well, I don't care it, if anybody else gets is it. Is it like the time I, I gave the ratings for that collision? That and, was hilarious. And I got a wait, message from on. somebody. Wait, what? You got it. Oh, wait. I don't know if you. Tell that no, no, no. Well, I don't. I'll I let Zarya tell that, yeah, I that side story. of it. But yeah, I, I was on. I was on with Jeremy and Joel, and I was like, I was like, oh, you guys want the collision numbers? The like, the, it was an early number. It wasn't. It wasn't a fast, fast national, but it was like a preliminary number. And I said the number. I forgot what it was. It was like eight hundred thousand or whatever it was, right? And I got a message from somebody. They're like, hey, the Warner office is closed. I don't want to listen to some podcast to get this. Can you just give me the number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zarian was on our show. He's like, "You want this?" And he gave it. And then, yeah, well, look, our show does what it does. And I was like, "Well, I know how I can boost our show because Zarian gave this." And so I posted this on Twitter. Good for you. Yeah, and then it went. Yeah, and then like Reddit, you know, picked it up, of course. And was like, Andrew Zarian was on this show. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. Hey, if you're gonna come on, you're gonna give us a scoop on our show. I'm gonna try to get what we can. No, like I, 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 I give stuff all the time. Like, I don't, it, sometimes, you know, if I'm doing Mat Men, right? And if it's a serious thing and like Rich hates numbers, Rich doesn't want to talk about ratings and I get it. That's not our show. So I'm, I, I call in on Thursday, you know, I get on the, the bat line and I get on uh, in the weeds and I'm like, hey, you want this? And then it becomes a conversation somewhere else. I, I'm big into sharing. I talk to Sean, you know, I'll, 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 I'll go back and forth trying to confirm stuff. Uh, Nick Houseman. I go back. I was just talking to him about something. Dave, Brian, you know, we, I, I like to help everybody with this. If I have something that, you know, I'm not doing it for clout. I don't need 150,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, I kind of like having my little bubble of people, and, and that's how I do it. it. It's fun for me. Yeah. I that's, will, that's, I that's super relatable, by the way. Like, I think I try to keep that same mindset myself. Like, I don't, like, I don't engage with the, like, there's, no point in arguing with people over the internet, especially because it's like no one's going to wind up winning and everyone just winds up yelling over each other and like nothing ever gets accomplished. And the other thing is, you know, we don't really know each other on the internet. Like right. these people that want to like tell me, you know, F off, they don't know who I am. They don't know how I am. Uh, they're going based on a tweet they maybe, or maybe something I said on the show. They're taking a 30 second clip of something and deciding that my whole character is built on that. I, I'm not going to, you know, I have enough sense in me to not waste two hours arguing with some idiot that doesn't like my take on AEW or WWE. I mean, I, I get what, what was so eye-opening was when I started reporting positive stuff for WWE, I got, oh, yeah, Observer guys, you know, all those guys. Andrew's a WWE shill. Right. I watched right, if course. I was gonna if I was gonna say one product that I watched the least, it's WWE at this point. 
it's right. not you know it's more cartoonish uh i like the good stuff for sure i watch it with my kids and that's probably the main reason why i continue watching it or i go to shows but it's not necessarily the wrestling that i that i like i could i could watch new japan all freaking day long i could watch impact i could watch you know uh i'm a big house show guy i like going to house shows i could talk about house shows. i'm not a big raw guy but i'm not gonna crap on it because it's not my my preferred show i'm able to separate myself from my own opinion of the product and talk about it because people still want me to talk about it. I find, I find the internet discourse so interesting with this because it doesn't really exist anywhere else. Like, uh, NCIS and criminal minds, right? right. Like, sure. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm adding. No, I know exactly genre. what you're, I get it. Sure. You don't have like, Oh, F F criminal minds or, or like law and order. Like, Oh, Marishka Hargitay sucks now in season 20. I wish they brought so-and-so back, but that's why I watched this one. That doesn't happen on anything. Well, do they not, like, debate, like, seasons of, like, oh, this show fell off a cliff after Sure, this yeah, they, sure. But they're not comparing it to, like, another show, right. you know? Right, uh, It's interesting. I, I find it all fascinating. Uh, you know, maybe that was not the best analogy, but. Well, I, I'm, on, I'm on NBA Twitter. Uh, are, okay, and how does that yeah. work? Uh, everybody sucks basically like yeah. everybody every your the your player on your team sucks even if you're a fan of that team they still suck but you know basketball is obviously much different than wrestling because wrestling it's, the the numbers people yeah, yeah people want to use are you know star ratings yeah. or ratings or, or whatever basketball you have like points and averages and all this stuff to say hey this guy's good this guy's kind of bad but I do think basketball Twitter will lean a little bit kind of negative, but it leans negative in like a jokey way. The jokes fly. But there's also NBA something Twitter. on the line with basketball because it's real. Yeah. You know, there, there's championships, there's money, there's gambling, which drives most of the, the discourse now. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, it's, a, it's a very, I, I, I think what happened with wrestling and the discourse around wrestling is that the forums never died down those conversations that would happen on the forums uh just got even more uh amplified with twitter and before you would have you know the same exact conversations happening about wcw and wwe uh wcw yeah wcw and wwf uh, on on a message board and now it's a 140 240 character tweet and you're no longer in you know, a, a couple hundred people having a discussion. It's now tens of thousands of people having the same discussion. And most people are idiots. And that's the reality. Yeah. And it is, and it is much yeah. more accessible because like, we, I don't, I don't know about you guys, uh, but like I was on the message boards back in the days. And like, like if you told your friends, yeah, I'm on a wrestling message board. It's like, Oh, well you're a dork. Like just <laughs> please stop talking to me. Now it's like, if you're on Twitter, okay, well everybody's on Twitter. Dude, so, I had an E-fed. Sure. Yes. I had an E-fed. Hell yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. dice yeah. fed. If you if you aren't doing the dice fed, don't talk to me. Dice I had fed. An e -fed. Yeah, I and I was on the Wrestle Zone forums. I was on uh, what was the other big one? Uh, was there an IGN? I remember back in the day. I never did the IGN one for wrestling. the No DQ one. Was always big. Uh, the, the No, no DQ, DQ one. was big for a while, and they, yeah. they were they were some of the first like Jeff Meacham and those guys were like doing like video Q and A's back before like a lot of people were really like doing anything like that on the internet. But I used to get I used to get issues of the observer on news groups. That was my first I had to this had to have been like ninety five, ninety-four. 
I was a kid. I mean, I was 10. Uh, and I had an older cousin and he was really into the observer and he showed me how to like get on a news group for wrestling. And I would get like all like the, and it was so wild. Like, you know, you're reading about this stuff, like, Oh, this incident happened. And you're like, why, why is that happening? I thought they, the good guys all get along, you know, it was like one of those, uh, it yeah. was interesting times, but it, it's, it just, it just gotten amplified now. I, I, I don't like to poo poo on what people like. And I tell people that I'm like, okay, so what's your issue with me enjoying what I like? Tell me what yeah. your issue is with that. And there's no answer to that. Yeah. My they just theory. see it as a threat for some reason, which is weird. Like it shouldn't be. My, my thing is like, been about that all day, just this topic on like wrestling fans fighting each other. When at the end of the day, like we should all be each other's like really best friends because at the end of the day, like well, wrestling fans, we're already like niche enough as it is, like in our own little bubble. Like the fact that we're fighting each other yeah. over company stuff, it's very weird. But I think that I think that wrestling, because it's quote unquote fake and predetermined, everyone gets these things in their head as fans of like their favorite wrestlers who they want to see getting pushed, their best ideas for storylines and all this stuff. And like when it doesn't turn out the way that they have it in their head, and then like their favorite wrestler goes to the company they don't like, or this or that happens, it just and now they're all congregated in one spot on Twitter before it was all spread out over these different message boards that were also incredibly niche. Yeah. So like, I think, I think it's a combination of all of that. I think you're totally right of, about the message board kind of fighting everyone mentality, just all kind of coming together on Twitter as it is you know, today, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, I don't get the um, journalists, right. People who cover wrestling media, like every, like people within wrestling media arguing with each other. I don't get that at all. Um, I, the way that I see it is that if I think you're a dirtbag, which there are tons of those, if I think you're you're just a crappy person, I have I don't I'm not going to engage with you because I don't do that regularly. Right. If I think if I think you're a crap human being, I don't sit there and ha try to have a conversation with you. I just you don't exist in my universe. Uh, I think if we yes. started looking at things a little bit that way, uh, it would it would kind of uh, eliminate a lot of the heartache that some people have. I want all wrestling journalists to just feed me stories so I can just write the story so I can pre-write everything. <laughs> I don't care about leaking any of this stuff. I just want to be ahead when it comes. Well, you to might be disappointed with Tony's announcement tomorrow. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, g give me this. Zarian. Tell me. Off I, 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 I'll tell you off air. Cause okay, I'm not, actually, by the time this airs, it'll, it'll yeah, be, nobody's gonna see it. Yeah, it'll okay. be the morning after. So oh, I'll help really? Is it really? Yeah, the yeah, this, okay, yeah, so this, let's this do this. I'm going to do, I'm gonna do my best Karnak, okay? Okay. okay. I'm going to do my Karnak. I'm dating myself now. Um, <laughs> I will say this is this quite possibly have to has to do with Toys for Tots. But I oh. could be 100% wrong here, and I kind of want to see if I'm wrong. Didn't they make that announcement? Though? Did they? I, yeah, I thought that was one. That was the, the big thing before they did a Toys for Tots thing. Okay, so I'm, I'm like three days behind then. Um... Maybe it's about Wembley. Yeah, it was AW to donate over one million in Toys for Tots. This was October tenth. That was okay. that was the, one of the big um, announcements. Uh, it could be something with Wembley. Okay, I mean they've announced the return to Wembley. So. Or maybe they're announcing that Flair signed a contract. I don't know. Oh boy, that Ooh. would be something. <laughs> it could be either either one of those. That would be Let's that see. would be something. I mean, he said he's going to be there till March anyway, so. Like we'll see in, in people and in listening to this now, the announcement has happened by the time everyone. The announcement has happened and I have no idea what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, uh, Imagine it's the Max deal. They finally announce it. They yeah, they finally announced the Max deal. That is nice. Tony, it's an important announcement. You know, you got to distinguish these things. There's huge. There's big. There's great. uh, There's important, which is this one. So you never know what it's. Well, the only reason why I'm saying Toys for Tots, he brought up the holiday season in his tweet. Yeah, yeah, he did bring that up. And I know that there was a conversation recently about that, about doing something. And it might be, it might just be to piggyback off of that. Maybe. more toys for tots stuff so it could just be another variation of that which is going to leave a lot of people disappointed which you know is gonna how how things go when it comes to this stuff when you're gonna hype important announcement big announcement people go crazy with their ideas you know we saw it with tony khan as a gift for sting and people have all this speculation then it's rick flair and it's like oh i don't know about this gift what what are we doing here tony yeah i you know i Flair's flair. Uh, I I hope he doesn't wrestle. <sighs> yeah, I I think he really I think he wants might. to. I think, I think he, he might. Really wants to. I think. He I, might I mean, want. you know what though? I have to tell you, I watched that first that 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 match that he had. Like the first time I watched, it, I'm like, I'm never watching this again. And then my father wanted to see it, so I put it on, and I was like, hey, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Like as far as like. My concern for Rick, not not as not not match because obviously you know he didn't really do much, but maybe he wants to do it again. But he had that bad ankle injury; he could barely walk that day. I yeah. I keep saying Sting's final match could very well be him and Darby against Flair and Andrade. I keep saying that. I'm into that. I'm okay with that. It. That's fine. I'm okay with that too. If it's gonna be anything, I'm okay with that. I don't think it's gonna be a singles match. I don't think you can run those guys in 2024. No. In a singles match, just people can play one on one. Yeah, I mean, we saw that yeah, in 2001 so. yeah, where they're both nature. wearing shirts, and everybody's like, "Ooh, this is bad." You're talking two decades later to yeah. try to run that? No, no. Yeah. I think it'll be a tag match if yeah. they do it. I don't know if they will. So. Listen, you know what though? If 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 he lays on the apron and he gets the hot tag and he comes in and does his thing and a couple chops and a couple woos and maybe he takes one terrible looking backdrop, uh, I think people will be happy when they go home. You know, if it's doing the more, that's the problem. I think him being on TV, which he says he's going to be through March is uh, (laughs) not the best television. Well, Tony's doing his best, uh, best of impact, I guess. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Garrett Kidney has the clips lined up, ready to go. Very excited. I, um, I got one last question. I know Jeremy, we always ask, uh, one final question, Jeremy will ask you. Um, I know you mentioned, um, once again, this is also very relatable for myself. Like, I really like that you, um, like, what, what you're doing in the space for, like, wrestling and, and, like, the way that you're not trying to be, like, a journalist who's breaking news. You're, you're, you're watching what you like. You're reporting what you like. You're trying to put out positivity. And you're not, like, you know, you're not trying to, to – this is my clout. And I, I like that a lot. I like that mindset a lot. Um, what are your, like – do you have any like other goals like in wrestling media like or would you say like what you're doing right now is kind of perfect for you because like you got shows on platforms you like you got you know your audience you get to do what you want to do and you aren't forced to really watch or report on anything you don't want to yeah i i i will say i am i am extremely extremely lucky and blessed to have the career that i have outside of wrestling um it, it's prov- it's allowed me to provide my kids and a, a life that i didn't have uh which is fantastic uh i 
I don't know if I want to do more in wrestling. Uh, I, I, I tend to ruin the things that I love by making it a job. Yeah. This has been a, a habitual problem of mine where I'll get hyper-focused in and hyper-obsessed over something that I really love, and then I end up hating it because it's become such a, a tormented uh, job for me. So I don't want that to ever happen with wrestling. Uh, I did that with technology. Now I, I'm like a caveman. I don't want any technology. I don't want a phone. I don't answer my phone. I sometimes don't even go. I, I leave the house without one. I, I want to be disconnected. So I, I don't want to ruin wrestling. But if, an, if a great opportunity comes, I have a very unique job. Uh, Jeremy knows a little bit about it. What I do here in New York, I work with a lot of nightlife and hospitality and i and i i i have a very unique positioning as someone that that, that gets it and i'm able to fix problems like fix uh, you know not so much pr but i'm i'm more of like a one man shop for a lot of this stuff and i've built a lot of good connections and great relationships and it also allows me to have access to things that i'm able to report in wrestling because i i i meet a lot of very unique people so I don't ever want to change it. But if an opportunity came, you know, and someone's throwing a bag of money at me, if Tony's like, hey, Andrew, you know, or, or, or whoever at WWE that's running it now. If Nick is like, you know, I had a great conversation about Nick. Nick's family left Iran the same time my family left. And we had a great conversation about escaping the hellhole it was after the revolution. My family left. So, I, you know, maybe maybe it tickled him a little bit. And he'd like to, you know, talk about that. Um I don't, I, and I'm also not, I, I can't do the corporate life anymore. Like, I have tremendous flexibility. If somebody wants to hire me to maybe work two to three days a week and pay me a ton of money, I'll do it. But outside of that, there's that no way. That is the life. Yeah, I like that. Pay me a bunch of money to work two to three days a week. Dude, I'm, sure. not, I'm not driving <laughs> to Connecticut and working till nine o'clock at night. I, I'm not, you know, I don't want to fly to TVs. I, a lot of our friends do it, you know? Will. A friend of ours, he he got that dream job and he loves it, you know, and this is something that he worked hard at and he is cut out for that. He's made that way to be able to do that. Not my thing. I, I, I like to pop in and out of things. Um, so if I could do anything in wrestling, I would consult, you know, not not booking. I'm not going to sit there and book your TV, but I'll consult with your you know presentation and how to how to grow digitally or grow, you know, uh, attendance wise and things like that. I, I, that, that's where my, that's really where my strength is, is with the marketing and the PR and the, those kind of aspects. It's not so much sitting there and booking a TV show, which, you know, it's fun until you do it. Right. Zarian, last one that we asked yes, everybody, sir. uh, the coolest thing in your room, in this room. Oh this man. Room, any room? Um, I guess you guys want to see my geeky stamp collection? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I got a lot of knickknacks here. Let me see. The coolest thing in my You room. do have a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, I, I can't tell what half of it is. It's it, it, it's it's like an it's all AI. It's nondescript. <laughs> it just when you zoom in it blurs. Um, you know what? I'll show you this. Okay? So, Rich drew this for me. Uh for my 30th birthday. <laughs> And on the back, he wrote, hey, man, have yourself a big, sexy birthday. Love, Rich. I love that. <laughs> this is my 30th birthday. That's so I, I always thought that this was cool. I got a lot of cool knickknacks. I love I that. My comic books. Um, 
I have an award from the Follicular Unit Extraction Conference, a hair transplant conference. What? I got uh, I got a rec I got like an award for being part of like faculty in the industry, which is like a bizarre <laughs> thing. I'm in the hair business too. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't. I mean, it makes sense. You got some great hair. I actually going to need some help soon. I'm starting to lose my hair. Listen, I'm going to tell bit. you, Finastri, go on Propecia. It's changed my life. It saved my hair. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to need you to, to DM me exactly yeah, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll DM you. me whatever you need. Uh, I'll help you. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what the coolest thing in my in my office is. Here we go. I got a painting of myself that Damien Demento painted live on his stream. And he brought okay. it to my house. And we did an angle. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Where he beat me up. Okay. Does he, does awesome. he work stiff? Uh, really stiff, dude. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he knocked me open hand. It was... It was just the wind. The wind knocked me. It was unbelievable. Uh, I, I would say that Damien Demento's painting of me uh, that I stare at is probably one of the coolest things I have in here. All right, take what, take a picture of that. You, you want me? To, uh, you know what? You know what? I'll take a picture and I'll and I'll show it to you right now on the air. Okay. Because it's okay, on perfect. my wall here. Hold on. Let's see if I can let's see this. All right. Let's see. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the coolest thing in this office. It's like an album cover. That it can be an album cover for you, Zaria. I also have like all these coins I found in my wall. Um, I found so we. I was renovating my my attic, and we we broke one of the walls down, and like just like a handful of coins fell. And this is a this is a is this a Morgan? I think it is a Morgan from 1795. I found this in my wall. Very cool. What do you Somebody have? Is it in a case? Is that what you I put doing? it? Yeah, I put it in a yeah. case. But I found like it was like a handful of coins. Just somebody hid whoever the first owner was, I guess, in 1901 that, that bought this house. They uh, they probably hid it and never remembered about, you know, where it was. They died and that was it. Now I inherited. <laughs> and Madonna used to live here. That's another cool thing. Madonna used to live in my house. Okay. Was Rodman right. over there at that time? Dennis Ooh. was not. No, this is pre oh. pre Madonna. Madonna's manager, this woman named Camille Barbone. Used to rent my house. This is mid seventies, maybe before Madonna was Madonna, and she had like eighty musicians living in this house. It was a hellhole, and Madonna <laughs> was one of the musicians that lived in this house. Oh, I can't imagine the stories those walls could tell. Oh, I will tell you. I will tell you off the air a a heinous heinous story about when. Um, I'll I'll tell you off the air that I that I okay. was told about this house. So I'll, right. yeah. I'll leave. Uh, it, a, that's my scoop to Jeremy. <laughs> you want to go to yeah. TMZ with it? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Zarian, let everybody know where, where they can find you. I appreciate you joining us tonight. Dude, I, this was a blast. I'll do it anytime. Uh, Andrew Zarian on Twitter. Uh, that's where I live. Uh, you could catch me on Wrestling Observer Live every Sunday. Matt Men Podcast every Friday. In the weeds. It's Three times a week, usually, twice yeah. a week, whenever, whenever you know, I, I have a minute before I got to run to my train, I'll pop in and say hello. Uh, and we're live, pal, with Garrett Gonzalez on Tuesdays on Observer. My favorite is when you pop on in the weeds, and sometimes we, we do the Zarian Zone with conspiracy theory, and you got to go in like five minutes, and then other times you just stick around for like half an hour. And we just I hope I don't, I, I hope I don't like derail your show when I call in. Zary, you 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 watch our show. It's never on the rails. Like <laughs> you would. We were talking about the NWA show doing Jack and Coke and PEDs and stuff on Monday. Like our Listen, show does not get on the rails. Don't knock to PEDs. be derailed. I'm gonna show you. I got mine here. 
All right. I got my TRT right there. Changed my life. <laughs> no, our, our show can't be derailed because, again, that, that implies that it's ever on the rails. So, yeah, <laughs> every, everyone follow, support Zarian. You will see him on whether th this channel or Overbooked on In the Weeds. He's always popping on everything. All the links are below. Thank you so much, Andrew Zarian. Dude, anytime. Anytime you guys want me. I absolutely love you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm personally a fan of Fightful, uh, even though I am, I'm, an, I'm an observer. Uh, I, I like to say that I'm a part-time Fightful now with you guys. I'm a Fightful uh, overbooked occasionally. Yeah, um, it just You guys are doing great stuff, and, and Sean is the best in the business, really. He is. He. Yeah. I mean, I I put him over enough. I don't need to put him over anymore. Forget that guy. What's he ever, who's he ever beaten? Andrew Zarian, <laughs> thank you very much. We thank appreciate you. you. Thank, you. thank you, everybody. Guys, we'll be right back here on The Spotlight. We're back. Big thank you to Andrew Zarian. Very kind with his time. About an hour with the great Andrew Zarian. Go check him out. Go follow him on social media if you want to do that. He's not going to engage with you unless you're kind and positive and have nice things to say. Don't be a dick. A lesson for life, everyone. Go check out Matt Min podcast. Whenever they do it, I feel like it changes every week. A lot of times he's uh, against us, against in the weeds. As he pops in on our show, then goes and does his own show, then comes back on our show. One of these days, Joel and I are going to hack his stream, show up on Mapman one day. Get that going. Big thank you to Andrew Zarian. Thank you to everybody in the chat today. Thank you if you left thumbs up on this video, if you were just leaving a kind message. Thank you for the super chats. We appreciate it all. Uh, go check out all the stuff we have on the, the website, youtube.com slash Fightful. Check out my interview I did with Titus O'Neill. That was a lot of fun spoke to Titus about 20 minutes uh, earlier. It was last week. It just went up this week. But yeah, I spoke to Titus about 20 minutes. He's a really great guy. Appreciate uh, Johnsonville and Titus O'Neill for doing that. Go check out that interview. Um, go check out FightfulOverbook.com. We got In the Weeds every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Coexisting with Rob and Maggie Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern. Tag Talk. New episode of Tag Talk went up this week. Uh, new Japan Bread Club. New episode went up. Indeed with Mike and Reg went up this week. A lot of new stuff on Fightful Overbooked this week. Go check it out. Go support all the great contributors we got over there at Fightful Overbooked. Go to Fightful.com for all your news. Go to Fightful Select for all the breaking news before it happens. All the scoops. $5 a month or $55, $54 for a year. Appreciate everybody. Everyone have a great Thursday. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the wrestling this weekend. Talk to you all next week. Bye, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.